ghost. The ghost of best shows past. What if that happened? What if the show was haunted? Could you imagine that? I couldn't. That's just silly talk. The best show is about to begin, guys. Did you know that? How we sound, Mike? Good? Poppin'? Great. Guys, the best show is about to begin. The phone number is 201-332-3484. We have a fun show planned for you tonight, and I want you to know this is something I want you, the best show listener, to take note of. Tonight's episode of The Best Show is brought to you by Squarespace. And Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. It's the best way to get your stuff out there to the world. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer service. Try Squarespace over at squarespace.com. And enter offer code BESHOW at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's right, 10% off your first order by entering in BESHOW at checkout. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Now, the best show can begin. If I press the right buttons.
Guys, it's time to start the best show. How's this sound, Mike? Great. It's popping for you? Might be because you're uh, drinking soda tonight. He's out of soda. He's at, we're out of uh, Coors Light. Oh, trust me, I found out. Message received on that one. I do not want to mess with that situation. The look. The look, of, it was a look of rage. Of, of betrayal. I thought I was going to get it. I thought I, I might still get it. This guy, this guy ain't got no cores. I found a couple cans for him that I'd hidden away. So, uh, let's hope that that, uh, let's hope that keeps things cool, so to speak. Can of warm Coors Light. Is that calming you down? It is. Okay, good. All right. Guys, best show here on a Tuesday night. On a Tuesday night. Three hours of mirth, music, and mayhem. And what music did we just hear? Well, let me tell you. A 7-inch by my... One of my favorite bands, X-Cult. New Virtues is the name of that uh, that song. We heard Ties You Up last week. Now we're here in the B-side. Or, as I call it, it's a double A-side. In my uh, In my book. That's on the Goner record label. X-Cult. Before that, Destroyer. With Modern Painters. From the album This Night. It's on the Merge label. Merge. Destroyer. It's good stuff. Love Destroyer. Dan Behar. Who doesn't love Destroyer? And starting us off, we heard Ultimate Painting. This is an album uh, by uh, uh, the guy from Mazes and another guy from Veronica Falls. It's called Ultimate Painting, and the name of the song we heard was Ultimate Painting, and that is on the Trouble in Mind record label, troubleinmindrex.com, and uh, Merge is Merge records.com and goner is goner-records.com all three of these labels good stuff all doing right by the best show oh let's get right to it how about that I'll go right to the phones get it get it uh, cooking here who's good Mike Two. Mike is saying line two is good. Your again, your idea of good or my idea of good? My idea of good. Well, this I've got to hear. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom. Uh, first time, long time. First time, long time. Uh, well, uh, what's your name, young man? My name is Lee. I'm calling from Vancouver. 
Lee from Vancouver. Yeah. What's up, uh, Lee? I I uh, we, uh, I really enjoyed that conversation you had with uh, the guy who does the music at Fenway. Yes, Josh. He, uh, because I have a, I have a, a similar gig, but for under twelve boys ice hockey. And okay. so I've, I've taken it up upon myself to play music, uh, you know, in between the breaks and, and that sort of stuff. And I, and I find, like, some songs are sort of terrible, are actually kind of cool in that setting. You know, like, P.O.D., boom, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But what what are you playing? You're playing a boom box, right? No, no, no. It's iPod? Like, what, you got an iPod I mean, plugged in? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're, that guy so, that so, guy's doing something a little different in that. Yeah, I know what. I got I got a pretty big crowd in there sometimes, you know. Ugh. But any but anyway, no, I just uh, I was wondering if you uh, had any thoughts on on what kind of tunes are actually uh, you know good to play in that setting. Like uh, you know, everyone hears you know we will rock you and all that kind of sure, stuff. Sure, but sure. Some, but it, you know, there's some stuff like I'm not talking like you know so left field, but you know. Uh, sure Shot by the PC Boys sounds cool over that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I was wondering if you had any ideas. Um, well, you're in where? Vancouver? Yeah. Why don't you play uh, uh, some uh, Kim Mitchell, right? Some Patio Lights. Oh, yeah, yeah, Patio Lights. Get the kids Go fired up, Florida. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, uh, what else? Uh, maybe a little Bare Naked Ladies? Yeah. Like they, everybody. They like hip-hop a bit more, I think. They like hip-hop? Well, who's a Canadian yeah. hip-hop artist? Drake. Drake, that's right. Why don't you play some Drake? Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. Okay, um, you've done that already. Yeah. You know what sounds great over uh, the crappiest speakers, no matter what, even though it's a terrible song? is Tom Sawyer by Rush. It's just got the perfect mid-range. Well, up there, every you guys... You, you look, you, you Canadians with Rush. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've, I've oh, reached. I'm defending my, Rush, but that I, might be part. Oh, of you're their, not. Uh, no, but, but you, but you are though. I, I've reached. Well, yeah, I've that, reached that my. Key. I've reached my cap with this. You guys right. have to stop. Stop with this. Uh, you guys keep pounding away at this to where to where people get, get, they give a little bit with Rush, and then and yeah. then it's like. I've said this before. It's like you give you guys a, 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 an inch, you take a meter, right? Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. They, suddenly, they, suddenly you're they, elevating they Rush as if as if it's the greatest, as if they're one of the all-time bands. Yeah, no, they're I not. There. They're not. No. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. They're, they're just. But you know what works best is the songs that begin with just like a crazy guitar riff. Sure. No, like uh, like I want a new drug. Sleep now in the fire. Right, while these yeah. nine-year-olds are, are trying to skate, you're yeah, getting them all good. fired up. You're getting them all fired up, but yeah. they can't even do anything about it. They don't know how to skate oh, yet. They can. Oh no, it's Canada. They can't. Hey, they really can't. They they're not good though. Oh, pretty good. Maybe they I know, don't. No, it's, it's, it's pretty serious up here. I, I don't So you got any other suggestions, or are we pretty much done with this? Um, what about, uh, what about, um, do you know that song, Hung Up? 
Hung up. Yeah. Best show, you're on the air. Hello, Tom. This is Coop. It's Coop. Oh, my goodness. Artist Coop. (laughs) That's me. The guy who draws (laughs) devil dudes, like devil guys who look like um, used car salesmen. And then he draws a lot of naked ladies. Well, you know, you gotta do, you gotta, uh, portray the things that you enjoy. Yes, so you enjoy used car salesmen. And naked ladies. And naked ladies. <laughs> what's, what's, uh, 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 what's going on tonight, Coop? Well, what's going on is, uh, I, I actually have a plug, but before I plug, I have a, a hopefully amusing story to tell. There's only one we'll way to find out. Goes. There's only one way to find out. All right. Well, I uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, there's this thing called Uber. Uber. I think I've heard of it. It's a, you know, it's kind of like, you remember that episode of the Little Rascals where they built the taxi cab and it's being pulled by a donkey? It's kind of like that, but they use iPhones. So Okay. So it's like, <laughs> it's like a donkey pulling your car. But you summon it with an iPhone. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, all the kids are doing this now. This is the new thing. So the latest, I'm I'm like a victim of this now because every time I go to pick up my wife at the train station, somebody thinks I'm an Uber, their Uber ride. Because they just see a car pulling up? Well, I think it's, yeah, they see a car pull up and I'm sitting there, you know, I I usually have my phone, so I'm, and the first time it happened, I was actually outside of an art gallery and this little weedy guy who came up to the, came up walking up, I had the window down and in this sort of very snotty, very entitled tone said, are you my Uber? And I just, you know, I looked at him and no. Well, first of all. First of all, what Uber person, what guy who drives a, 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 the basically looks like a car that the Munsters would drive in would be working for Uber? This is, this is the thing about you that you're not saying is that it's either some hot rod pulls up or it's like the Munsters mobile pulls up and it's like, you got some some you got some some uh, weirdos thinking then that's their Uber. Well, you know it is L.A., so mm. <laughs> it's the it's the capital city of weirdodom. So they do they, they 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 you know who knows what people are thinking around here. But so now the second time this happened because uh-huh. this has happened multiple times. And you do drive so, cars like that. I'm not wrong. Oh yeah, no, I've seen you not. drive. I, I felt like uh, I felt like uh, uh, Grandpa Munster was going to get out from behind the wheel when the door <laughs> well, flew no, that open. Was, that was Mark Marin. That was the time he came along. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you draw. Well, well, um, he's. What are you calling him, Grandpa Munster? You take that back. Maybe <laughs> you. That's between you and he. You don't come here. This is this is Switzerland here. Uh these are all f- friend friendly nations. You want to zing him? You go. You call him up and do that directly. This is not a forum 
for you to tease uh, him. Well, anyway, anyway, the second yes. time that I the second time I I was mistaken for an Uber driver. I'm I'm sitting there at the train station. This woman walks up and knocks on the window. I roll down the window, and she says, "Are you my Uber driver?" And again, I'm like, what, "Is there is there a sign on my car? I'm not. I don't know what's going on with this." But then the best, the most recent event, which only occurred the other day, was I'm, I pull up to the train station. I'm sitting there. I'm I'm looking. I'm waiting for my wife to show up. The car door opens. The dude just gets in the car and sits oh. down in the passenger seat next to me. <laughs> next to you? <laughs> yes. And I look over, and the only thing I can think to say is, you're not my wife. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds like fame. That sounds like final words would be. <laughs> well, yeah. And and so he's, he's you know, he's, he's a big guy. He's like, you're not my Uber? Which, okay, first of all, that phrase sounds like complete gibberish yeah. but anyway and i you know you're <laughs> said, not no. yeah. yeah and luckily for me he just laughed and got out i mean this could have ended with me like you know going to the hospital or yeah. something he could yeah he could have said you know when you have to be worried is when somebody gets in and says you're my uber they're not saying it as a question they're telling you that you are their uber and the next thing you know you're going somewhere with them that you don't want to go. Yeah, I just I'm 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 kind of thinking about maybe if this continues happening, I'm just going to say, "Yes, I'm your Uber," and then just drive them out to like San Bernardino or something uh-huh. and drop them off and just uh-huh. let them fend for themselves. Yeah. But, uh, you don't anyway. yeah, yeah yeah, but then they'll be then the only problem with that is that they'll just be like yeah, the guy who did that to me was driving a uh, a, a, a souped up. He was driving a, like a, a like I thought. I think Big Daddy Don Garlitz dropped me off uh, <laughs> along the side of the highway. Um, there's there's only there's look. It's L.A. There might be more of those cars there than anywhere else. There's still not that many of them. Yeah, to where well. I think I might still be able to get away with it. I do remember one time a friend of mine who's also a hot rod guy, he was with his buddy in his car, and he got he got hit at an intersection by this teenage girl. And so, you know, they're trading information and everything, and she gets on her phone, and he, he overhears her telling someone, yeah, I just got hit by two Fonzies in a dune buggy. Two Fonzies. That is... <laughs> The funniest thing, Fonzies. Oh, that, that, two Fonzies. That, oh my God. I'll say this to you, Coop. Yeah. You were worried. You said this might not be entertaining. This was beyond entertaining. Well, why, thank you very much, sir. So, All right, so I guess that means I can move into the plug portion. Yes, you've earned your plug. You've earned the right, plug portion, good. yes. Well, the plug is uh, Saturday, the 28th of February. I have an art show in Chinatown in downtown L.A. at a gallery called Coagula Curatorial. And it is a big show of drawings. It's all works on paper. Mm -hmm. It's drawings from the earliest drawing in the show is from 1987. 
and it's there are a lot of drawings. Seriously, I gave them like four hundred drawings wow. in the show. Wow! And these uh, are these are drawings. Some of these are are hand versions of of the of flyers and things like that. Oh yeah, everything original original sketches for like my old posters, original like the original drawings for like a lot of the album covers and 45 covers that I've done over the years mm-hmm. and everything. I think there might even be a very rough sketch of the best show t-shirt design that I did. I oh, think wow. It might be in with the stuff that I gave them. So Which was, it's this fantastic design that you did. It's in the tradition of the old, uh, uh, the old uh, holiday Inn signs. Exactly. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Um, so, where, where can people get details on that? Well, um, they, well, you can go to my Twitter, which is Art of Coop, and, or at Art of Coop. I have to say that, I guess. Sure, uh, yes. Or, um, boy, you know what? I don't know what Coagula is. I, I think it's coagulacuratorial.net or something well, like that. If you type in Coagula Curatorial in, in, in Google or, or Bing or whatever mm-hmm. you Silly thing or or big. Yes. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're glad you're not playing favorites with the search engines. It's very <laughs> yeah. very tasteful of you. Well, you to, know, I want to be fair. Yes. Um, I would say you should. People should go to art at Art of Coop, and you want to you put the information up sometime tonight. They can get it. That that's the easiest way. That's a very good idea. You I can will tweet it as soon as I get off the phone. And people can can get all to all your links of all your art and whatnots through there. Yes. <laughs> so they can look at pictures you take of of garages and yes. of cars and of naked ladies. And the photos of guys getting into my car because they think I'm an Uber driver. <laughs> yes, so. the newest addition to your your portfolio. I'm working on a series. The, I... Yeah, the the coop terror photos. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, look that I, I people really I the this you were putting pictures up on on I believe Instagram during the week and that stuff looked fantastic. The the sketches oh, like well, that really uh, that's really cool. I wish I was in in L.A. to have seen to see this thing well, that's happening will, on Saturday. The show will be hanging until April 11th. So maybe well, if you're out here doing some of your Hollywood wheeling and dealing, you might be able yeah. to drop it. Hollywood wheeling and dealing. <laughs> yeah, more like it's we we like wheeling as in like cleaning wheels at Enterprise Rental Car is probably what I'll be doing. The way things you, are going. You're gonna somebody's gonna get into your car and ask if you're there. You're and I'm gonna say yes. The way things are going, but yeah, I am. Where are we going now? So, oh, Coop, thank you so much for this call. You you are a true uh, friend of the show and a friend of Aww. of mine. And, well, and I love the show. Love you. Love AP Mike. Oh well, don't push love it everybody here. involved. Oh, you did deluded it with the AP Mike thing. Um, but <laughs> thank you, Coop. Aww, come on. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, okay, man. You take Bye. care. Bye. It was everything was like. Had to attack the AP. Look, could have said love the show, love you. AP Mike seems cool, right? 
AP Mike seems all right. He loves Mike, too. Well, you know what, though? That's fair. I'll let it stand. I'll let it stand. He loves AP Mike. I love AP Mike. You know I love you, right, Mike? And Mike said he... Oh, no. I, I got to get this guy some some beer fast. This he's he's not making sense tonight. It, I, it's apparently it's his oxygen. I didn't realize he's making no sense out there. Uh, he's stammering and and unfocused. <laughs> well, who's good here, Mike? Line three. Did I take one yet, though? I did. I did not. I'm going to do that first. Best show. You're on the air. Hey, Tom. Uh, my name is Scott. I'm calling from Baltimore. Scott in Baltimore. 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 What's up in Baltimore tonight? Uh, we're just uh, clearing out the snow. We uh, just got glazed by whatever the rest of everybody got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually calling to ask you a music question. Let's hear it. So I've recently been getting into uh, King Crimson, and I think that that's somebody that you are also into. Yeah, I I, I like King Crimson a lot. I liked it and when I, I was fifteen. I had that the double double LP uh, 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 was a Child's Guide to King, whatever it was called, Guide to King Crimson. Then I yeah. checked out. Now I check back in. I'm never checking out again. Never checking out again. What you do you know? I missed them when I was a kid. I, I heard them on tape, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not a great band for listening to on tape in your car. So when I was like going through the classic rock bands in high school, uh, I just didn't get it. But I just recently like kind of plowed through a bunch of them, especially that. Uh, that band from, you know, like, 72, 73, 74. Yeah, yeah. What, you mean the best band ever? Sounds like it. Yeah. Right? What's your yep. favorite album? Red. I gotta say, that's a good one. Yeah, I just love Starless. Yeah. It's heavy duty, man. When I saw them live, they did that. They did when that. When did you see them? Saw them last year. So it's still they're still great. It was amazing. They had three drummers, three drummers up front. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was it was it was uh, fantastic. You ever read the liner notes in those albums from the the live albums and stuff? I've read I've read all different things like his his uh, Robert Fripp's uh, is is like philosophy things he writes. He has uh, a philosophy. Well, he writes all these different things about his worldview, and it's all if you just search for things he's written, he's done a lot of he's done a lot of writing. Uh, okay, because the the liner notes in a lot Fair. of live albums are like. Uh, unbelievably, I can't tell if he's like the most interesting, boring person of all time, mm-hmm. or if he's like t- 
some kind of genius because he's talking about you know he goes through just talks about the state of his his throat what kind of tea he had like who he ran into at the airport stuff like that mm -hmm. you need but, to check out uh his appearance on this this uh british game show where it's him and his wife and yeah. then you watch this and suddenly you're like oh this guy seems like the nicest guy ever Right. He, yeah, he seems like just a like a completely guileless person. Mm -hmm. Somebody who just loves making music. Yeah, but it's so precise. Yeah, yeah. He just. Uh, That's what I need. So, this show. This show's got to be more like that. Be more precise. Precise. We come here. We hit the marks to the second. Right. Yep. But then again. This is how crazy this dude was. He's putting King Crimson together. He adds this one wacko percussionist. His name Jamie Muir. This guy's on stage throwing leaves around. He's banging hubcaps. Like in the middle of the most precise thing ever, there's all these stretches of, of crazy improv and all this stuff. And he's got a what guy, was that with the guy, leaves? What, when was that? That was uh, Lark's Tongues in Aspic. Okay, okay. Yeah. Those the the live performances of that that I've heard I've only heard a few like I have Part One the Deceiver albums. Boom 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 right. You get it. No one else gets it but me and you, man. We're the only ones who get it, right? On that island alone, absolutely. Mike doesn't get that. No. Mike's no out there idea. talking. He's out there, he's out there pumping his, his roots rock. <laughs> Trying to get me to listen to another, uh, forgive me to listen Leave to another Bodine's bootleg. <laughs> Mike's, got, Mike's out there jamming these Bodine's records on me. Mike, I don't want to hear it. Keep, keep I, pushing. I'll push, start pushing back. I'll throw it out in the snow. Aren't the boat, are the Bodine's Midwest? Are they Boston? What's you ask Mike. I don't know. Yeah. It's like Milwaukee uh, or something. I think that's right. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> well, look, young well, man, um, did you have a question or were we just talking no, about No, I just King... wanted to ask you about King Crimson. All right, you were well, a fan and I just had I am. the best with these albums. Thanks, buddy. I am too. Bye. All right. Good guy. Good guy. Talks about what I want to talk about. Good guy. Best show. You're on the air. Hey, Tom. This is Jordan. Jordan. Michael Jordan? Yeah. Oh. Number 23? No, I, I haven't heard that since I was in the grade school. What was it like when you faked Craig Elo out of his jock? <laughs> uh, I, I don't even remember that. You don't even, you've so many great plays you don't even remember anymore, do you? No, I don't, just on to the next thing, gambling and... You don't even know anything about basketball to keep this going for five seconds, do you? Uh, actually, not in that era, uh, unfortunately, but I actually called to talk to you about the dunk contest. Yes. What would you like to know about the dunk contest? Because the NBA All-Star Game was this past weekend. And one part yeah. of it is the dunk contest. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders 
no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, uh, I, I saw on Twitter, I guess you weren't really, you thought maybe you were going to be interested in it. Ah, and I, think I'm it all, I think I'm over the dunk contest. So Zach Levine didn't oh, bring exa- it back Oh, he you? did great. It was great. Great to see. There's only so many moves you can make then until they get some kind of like hovering technology to where guys can do more than put the ball under their leg and spin around and dunk the thing. There's a finite amount of moves that we're going to see in the dunk contest. I think I would have enjoyed it more if it wasn't for the the commentators. No, that's the, the worst ever. The commentary. Like, oh! Anybody does anything. Oh! Did you see that? Did you see that? And they say, did yeah, you see that 80 times? No, we saw it. We saw it. That's how television works. We saw it. It's pictures they and sound. Took me out of it. They took me out of it. Kenny, that's the only thing I want to see at the dunk contest. They dunk on If Kenny Smith has a, a basketball hoop around his neck. And they dunk the ball and they smash him in the in the face with the with the ball. He's got a spalding written across his forehead. That's the only that's the only way I want to see the dunk contest. He was even adding like an extra half rotation on the Oladipo dunk that I don't even think went in the basket. Yeah, because some dude dunked. This one guy dunked like he did like a a, a three sixty, and he's like he did a five eighty. It's like. First of all, 580. What is what are we doing here? Coordinating drone strikes with the that that kind of uh, precision? Like 580. Well, he, just, he did a 580. He was just adding it, and then he thought, like, if he said it enough times, yeah, that we it would, would make it true. Yeah, somehow he would bend numbers to to work in his favor. It's not how numbers work, Kenny Smith. And so it was kind of, you know, they were commentating. And, and well, it was really just Kenny Smith that, that comes to mind, that he was just yelling about everything, suggesting that the judges, you know, score an 8 out of 10. Or... Yeah. Yeah, I love they got this dunk contest. They got uh, Walt Frazier up there rating dunks. This guy probably never dunked uh, two times in his entire career. He's up there rating dunks. Then again, I'm at, I'm doing it at home. I've dunked zero times. I've got opinions on the dunk. Eight foot rim. What's that? Eight foot rim. That's how uh, Levine said he practiced. So it kind of makes it okay for the rest of us. I would give I would give two years off my life to dunk in an NBA game, in a game, in competition, to dunk over someone. If it like tipped. The score of the game to where it was, uh, like, a, like it broke, it was the final 
It was the fine. It was like the the play that made my team win the game. So it's like a, like a court of dreams type scenario. Court of dreams. What's that? Like in uh, in Field of Dreams, where the the old man. Wait a minute. You know who he he plays half an inning. I'm telling you. He never even gets to bat. What's your name again, buddy? Jordan. Yeah. I'm telling you, you just Court of Dreams. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to, that sounds like a movie, right? Picture that. Who would be in Court of Dreams? Who would be in that? Channing Tatum? He'd be in Court of Dreams, right? Because he could probably still dunk. Need a guy who can still get up there and dunk to be in Court of Dreams. How tall is Cat Williams? Cat Williams. I love Cat Williams. Oh, yeah, I wanted to see Cat Williams at, at the Barclay Center so badly, but uh, January was a toilet month for me. I love Cat he Williams could, so much. I think that he guy... He could kind of be like the Chris Tucker role, right? I would give it all up to sell t-shirts for Cat Williams. All of it. Well, since you were talking about how January is such a bad month for you, that reminds me of something I did want to tell you about that might make you feel... Not necessarily better, but not so isolated and bad about everything that's been happening. Um, uh, I, I met a guy the other day that said he started out January 1st. He said he's going to start getting healthy, mm-hmm. start working out, start yeah. exercising, made a yeah. New Year's resolution. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve fifteen. he's working out on his Bowflex heart attack. Uh-huh. Begins the new year in the in the ER. That's rough, man. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's alive. Matt, he's his year's not as bad as mine. Get off my phone. Unless the guy was talking to this guy from the afterlife. Guys, a couple things I want you to know. Best show, uh... Tonight, tonight, the best show is brought to you by Squarespace. And my friends listening to this, you all know that I'm somebody who has a uh, a surplus of ideas, I guess is a good way to put it. Wouldn't you say that? And I've tried to do different things on the web, and it's a disaster when I try to do it. I don't know anything about anything. The coding... And formatting, it's a train wreck when I try to do things, to put my things across online. An absolute train wreck. But you know what? I know a lot of you out there in the same boat I'm in when it comes to this stuff. And thank goodness. Thank goodness. For people like us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a digital sweat. And Squarespace provides simple... Powerful and beautiful website templates for you to work with. And those templates are a part of Squarespace's responsive design, which means your website scales to any device that you're looking at it on, which makes it even easier for you to do what you want to do. You don't have to worry about how it looks on a, a, a phone or a, a pad. It doesn't look right. It's going to look right with Squarespace. Every website you build with Squarespace comes with a free online store if you need it. So you can sell all the stuff you make. 
and get your things out to the world. Or if you're just looking to do something simple, they've got a cover page feature. Let you put up a beautiful one-page online presence in a matter of minutes. Squarespace also has 24-7 online customer support. And you can get started building your amazing website for only $8 a month. So you stop struggling, trying to do everything yourself. Go over to squarespace.com. You start a trial with no credit card required. You start building your website today. And when you go to sign up at Squarespace, you be sure to enter in the offer code BESTSHOW to get 10% off your first purchase. And you also show support for the best show. That's how you show support for this show. I thank these guys for stepping up and supporting the best show. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Mike, you know I'm a clean-shaven person, right? I am, right? You've met my uh, my better half, my wife, right? She won't let me grow a beard. It's one thing I can't do. Not allowed to grow a beard. I could do anything. I could start uh, raising llamas in my house, and uh, she'd go along with that. But if I start growing a beard, I'd be out on, out on the street. All right, Mike. I'm I'm in the middle of a spot right now. So, wow. Uh, so, Mike, I know what it's like to shave every day. I'm a daily shaver, and Sometimes it can be just horrible. Nicks and cuts, scratches and scrapes. Some days it looks like I got uh, like I got uh, attacked by a cat. And on top of that, it's not cheap if you're going to buy good stuff. So that's why I am more qualified than pretty much anyone else to tell you about Harry's. Their stuff's about half the price of other big brand razor blades, and they ship their stuff for free right to your doorstep. They got a starter set that's really a great deal. You get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades for $15. That's an amazing deal, but guess what? If you go over to harrys.com and you use the promo code BESTSHOW, you get $5 off of that deal. That's unbelievable. So what you do, you go over to harrys.com right now, and they will give you $5 off your first purchase when you type BEST SHOW into the coupon code box. That's harrys.com. Enter in the coupon code BEST SHOW at checkout for $5 off your first order. And start shaving better today. Harrys.com. Thank you to harrys.com for sponsoring the BEST SHOW. We appreciate it. The phone number 201. 332-3484, but there's a moot point to give that number out because every single line is full. And I'm going to rectify that in a matter of moments. I'm going to put a topic on the table now. I was in San Francisco a couple weeks ago. There was a uh, Sharpling and Worcester uh, tribute at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. It really was... Uh, Really was awesome. Great night. So many awesome uh, people came out. And they were... Uh, it was fun to see all the people and say hi to everybody. We had an awesome night. 
in the hotel. This is the hotel that Sketchfest. They put everybody up in the same hotel. So naturally, me. I spent probably 90% of the time there. Cautiously looking around, hoping to not run into Pete Holmes. That was, that probably took up 90% of my mental and, uh, and, uh, and psychological, uh, real estate. Hoping to not run into this guy after I've teased him on the air. I got no problem with this guy, Pete Holmes. Seems like a perfectly fine guy. He's in charge. I, these are the guys who are in charge. They got to take a little rock throwing from a uh, from a toilet rat like me down here in the in the cellar. I got nothing. They got everything. I got nothing. So I throw a couple rocks. What are you gonna do? It means you're up on top. Peasants throwing rocks at you once in a while. You should be honored to get rocks thrown at you. It means you're winning. <laughs> Mike loves this. So I'm in the hotel, trying to avoid, trying to avoid, uh, trying to avoid uh, running into Pete Holmes or other people who I've made fun of for that matter. And it becomes apparent to me, I get on the elevator once, who's on the elevator? There's this lady next to me and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm in the elevator with Patty Smith. And I'm like, goodness gracious, I can't believe this. I'm with Patty Smith in the elevator. And I, 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 I tell everybody, you never guess who I was in the elevator with, Patty Smith. Then, Walking around the, there's an adjoining mall to this hotel. We're walking around there. Suddenly, there's Patty Smith again. There she is. It's Patty Smith. <clears throat> Second time. When do you see her two times? Unbelievable. Then, then, I'm like, can you believe I ran into her two times? No, but then I run into her third time. She passes by in the hotel lobby. There goes Patty Smith again. She was playing that uh, that weekend in San Francisco. I'm not sure if she drove or she flew there. I'm not sure, but... See her third time. Then... And now the topic is going to come on the heels of this. I see her a fourth time. And I was going to get in the elevator a few minutes later, but she's getting in the elevator. I'm like, I'm going in the elevator. I'm going to say something to her. But I'm not going to say the usual thing that any dummy says to her. I'm going to say something to her. Original. And if you want a little foreshadowing... The topic for the rest of the night that's going to be on the table is called I Wish I Could Take That Back. So I get on the elevator with her 
And I said to, to her, uh, I said, hey, how was, how was the show uh, last night? Because she had done two shows. I was like, how was the show? She's like, oh, it was a great, great show. It was a uh, great show. Uh, you know, we played a long night. Uh, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty wiped out. This is just mortifying that I'm talking about this on the air. I might stop. So then I say to her, hey, can I, can I ask you a question, please? She's like, sure. And I'm like, did you ever see Humble Pie back in the day? And then she just looks at me like, a, like, like I'm the craziest of crazy people. And she says, nah, they were ahead of my time, which isn't true either. She just, and then I stammered something out about Steve Marriott, and then thankfully the elevator doors opened and I got out. Oh, so mortifyingly stupid. I went for it, and boy, did I, that was a, that was a swing and a miss. I don't know. I don't know, Mike. Mike, I don't know. I don't know why. Mike just said, why humble pie? Mike, I wish I knew. If I knew, I wouldn't have done that. If I knew, I would have said, I would have asked that to myself. What a dumb moment. I wish. And the topic. Mike, are you okay? He's choking out there. It was one of those things where you feel... You know that effect that's in, like, Vertigo, the movie Vertigo? That's, imagine that effect, but with Patti Smith staring at me. And then looking, Patti Smith, just as quickly, looking away. Unbe- I could not, I could not, but I was like, that was a Hall of Fame. I could have said anything to her. Anything I could have put points on the board. I don't know what I thought I was doing with that. Oh. Did you ever see Humble Pie back in the day? What a... What Oh. Oh, my God. Oh, she looked at me like I was. I had to get off that. Uh, Ella, I don't even know if she got off first or I got off. I don't know. I can't even remember anymore. One of us got out of there as fast as can be to get away from the moment that I created. So the phone number, the topic for the rest of the show. These calls now are exempt from this. I'm not going to do what I usually do to these people where I trap them. They're on hold ready to talk about something else. And then I say to them, what do you wish you could take back? Not going to, we'll take some calls now. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, this is Justin from Texas. Jeff? Justin from Texas. Jeffton. Yeah, Wait. I called last week. Your name is Jeffton. Justin. Justin. Oh, okay, yes. Justin. Yes. I thought you said Jeffton. I thought you were like a very formal Jeff. <laughs> yes, my name is Jeffton. 
with a G and two Fs. Exactly. What? Yes, hi, no, it's me, both. Jeffton. <clears throat> Where in Texas are you again, Je- uh, Justin? Wich- Wichita Falls. That's right, Wichita Falls. Like two two hours out of Dallas. So what's going on tonight, Justin? Well, I actually was. I have something for the topic, but I first wanted to check on you and see how you were doing after Billy Crystal referred to himself as a song and dance man who brought audiences to their feet five days a week on the Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary. I wanted to check if what did he call what did he call himself? There was a that that bit where they have they had like they trotted out all the old uh, war horses of hosts. And oh, I saw it. Don't worry. I saw. <laughs> I watched from 7 p.m. until 11.30 p.m. You are a stronger man than I. I, I bailed an hour in. I had a good I finished it today. I, I, had a, I had an all right time watching it. But what did Billy Crystal refer to himself as? A song and dance. I'm a song, a song and dance and, man. Yeah. For what song has this guy done that's not like some... Anybody really want to hear this guy sing? And that's what I was thinking. I don't, I don't. I never really remember, other than Parental Guidance. Uh, there's a bit towards the end where they Wait, what they movie? Like parental Guidance. You mean the one, one from like a year and a half ago? Uh, yeah, there's a little, there's a little self-congratulatory duet between Bette Midler and, and Billy Crystal towards the end that kind of puts the button on the third act uh, reconciliation of everything. It's awful. It's just the, it's just, just the worst. <laughs> He he makes my skin crawl so much, and look, I regret, I regret, and I, I say this uh, sincerely, I regret the idea that I, I inadvertently created a hashtag called Billy Crystal DUI <laughs> on Twitter. It was accidental. He has never had a DUI, as far as I know. I don't think I've ever heard anyone pull the emergency brake as quickly as you did that yeah. show. But now, unfortunately, this 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 hashtag Billy Crystal DUI will not go away, even though I've asked people, please stop with Billy Crystal DUI. It's not cool. Can't, he never had a can't DUI. Can't unring can't unring that bell. Can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, my friend. So, yeah, Billy Crystal on that thing was horrendous, and he did that thing that almost made me shut the the show off. Was I can't handle when these comedians have this. It's like a victory lap when it's just like they, they're they there to talk about how rich they are, basically, and how <laughs> successful they are. Where it's like, no, oh, no, we know you are. We know that you're we know that you're rich and successful because we know who you are. You don't need to also talk about it. And Jerry Jerry Seinfeld did it, and look, I, I like Larry David a, a lot, but Jerry Seinfeld, to whatever degree, I have enjoyed over the years. And but then they did this routine where they were like basically talking about how much money they made on their syndication deal. Is that what the mm. point of that the punch, was? The punchline was Larry David said um, he, he asked if he was a writer on the show. <laughs> Seinfeld teed him up and said that he was. He was there mm-hmm. for a year, and he said, it's really funny that I went on, we went on after that to have the biggest show in the world, don't you? <laughs> and it's like, you guys are worried that someone forgot about Seinfeld for a minute? <laughs> and how much money like the- you made on it? No, don't worry, we remember. 
We're not going to forget anytime soon. It's that. It's that. It's that. It, that the, the, between the All Star Game being in New York and the, the NBA All Star Game and that uh, Saturday Night Forty thing, it was like. It was like a, a th- the night of a thousand halves. Like the halves, the halves were in charge of New York that night, even more than yeah. they usually are. New you York- nailed it that night on Twitter, saying it's, it's now self congratulate like self congratulate self congratulations has become the new currency. Yeah, it was like everybody patting each other on the back. Meanwhile, I'm scrubbing toilets at home. I'm I'm scrubbing toilets to keep this show on the air. We're up against it here, man. I mean, look, we're 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 hanging in there. We're we're just starting this thing off, but we ain't got no uh, uh, General Electric ain't paying our bills here. We got so, it. We're better in the chase, Tom. We we you've had your time as champion. It, it was great. You had a great run, but we're better in the chase. You know, build it back up. No, this is like no. You're yeah. You, did you see this that Rocky movie? The one when he. It was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. He ended up living <laughs> back in the old neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, Street like, Fighting. The... Was that Rocky 5 or 6 when he was back in the old neighborhood? I think it was 5, and, and Adrian actually started working at the pet shop again. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, first it's of all, no one... reset. Yeah, no one told Rocky about, like, appearing at, at like, casinos to, like... <laughs> Sign autographs. Ribbons, yeah, cut ribbons. Use, rib- use car lots. Yeah, do anything. And he he's uh, but that's where that's where that's where this show's at. We we're flying high now. Now I'm back. I'm working at the pet store again. Weird. The isn't that the one where he keeps telling the same story to the people in his crappy restaurant? Like he only has the one story about how he. I think that's Clay Rocky. Lang. I think that's Rocky Six. That's that's, that one six, that's the one when they go uh, when Rocky's retired, and then someone says one of the greatest lines in cinema history. That that fight simulation has got people talking. <laughs> that they that they did a and it was AJ Benza in his acting uh, finale. I don't know if it was his <laughs> debut, but it certainly we have not seen him since. Um. It was him saying uh, that that they were doing fight simulations. Who would be the greatest boxer of all time? Mm-hmm. That simulations got people talking because Rocky <laughs> was the best fighter, and he would beat uh, Mason Dixon. I think was the fighter. Yeah, name. Mason Mason the line Ma- Mason the line know, Dixon. So it wasn't it, enough that his yeah, name was Mason cool. Dixon, which is all right. Like his name should have been just like like Freddie Mason Dixon. No, his name is Mason Dixon, so his nickname is The Line. Yeah, just gilding the lily just a bit yeah. on that nickname. Yeah, it, ridiculous. Yeah. It just, it would, it would be like if my name was Up Down, and then my nickname is Middle. <laughs> up the Middle Down. Yeah. <laughs> you know there's a baker's dozen of some lunkheads in Philly yeah. that have... That, that simulation has got people talking. Imagine if my name was High Highest, right? <laughs> and then my nickname was Higher, right? High, Higher, Highest. <laughs> just really, just really hammering it home. Hey, Mike. 
Mark this guy down, Jeff. This is a this is a this is a uh, this is a this is a top notch caller. You don't forget this guy, Mike. Wow, I I I'm walking on sunshine now. No, I, let's I not did get it away. For topic, and then I'll get out of here. I don't want right. to. No, look, they see, and that just shows right there. You just showed what you're made of. The second I said that, which was a, a Willy Wonka type test, <laughs> was to see the first. You did. You said the right thing was I got to get out of here now. That was exactly yeah, I, the I, thing I, you were supposed I did to say. Expiration date. You didn't suddenly sit back and get comfy. You're like, no, I got to be out of here. I'm young and hungry, Tom. I, so, I want to impress everybody. Well, so what was the thing you have for the topic? The topic I have, this is, uh, when I was in college, I was waiting for a friend of mine uh, at a local bar. I'd been drinking a little bit, uh, just just full disclosure, and I was sitting there, and I was drawing. You remember that old George Perez, the George Perez cover of um, Crisis on Infinite Earths with a bunch of Earths? Kind of, uh, I think I think uh, I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah, along the along the top of the page, I was sitting there drawing that on the bar with my with the condensation for my beer, waiting for my buddy to show up, just absolutely. Mm-hmm. And a girl sat next to me, and she saw what I was doing, and she, she inquired about what I was drawing, and then I just out of uh, just in, in reflexively, I just said, "Oh no, I'm drawing the DC multiverse. So the, these are all the Earths." This is the earth where the Nazis won the war, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, I go into this long 10 minute dissertation uh-huh. yeah. on the, on the DC multiverse. Sure, and I, sure. the, the ladies, just the color drained out of her face oh, yeah, yeah. and her eyes just got really <laughs> wide. And then immediately, just as soon as she could, I had to go meet my friends. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. And uh, as soon as she left. And don't I forget, don't, don't forget you also apparently added into the mix. Something that she didn't know what you were talking about, but you made a reference to the Nazis winning the war. Exactly. That's the first one that I go to. I was like, yeah. well, that's the freedom fighter world. And it's, I, it's so, yeah. a real, real low point for me, Tom. So now she's like, this guy, I don't know, I think there's some Nazi at the bar who's like drawing pictures, of like <laughs> dreaming about when the Nazis, if they would win the war or something. Like, yeah, you see. He won't stop talking about somebody named Overman. I don't. All right. right. Do you that? Yeah, I'm going to say that one fits the topic. Exactly. The topic being, I wish I could take that back because that Patty, that Patty Smith story makes your skin crawl. Doesn't it? Oh yeah. I I feel real bad for you. Thank you. Well, look, Jefferton, you have a great night. (laughs) Hey Mike, you hearing me tell that story. But you love it, don't you? I don't know. I don't know where it came from. Mike, I she has never mentioned them ever. I short circuited in the moment. Mike, the silicon chip inside my head got switched to overload. That's what it's like. I finally understand that line. Oh, boy, I blew it. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, this is Michael from Brooklyn. Michael? Yep. What's up, Michael? Um, Watching a little basketball, listening to the show. Um, What basketball are you watching? I'm watching uh, the Longhorns versus the Sooners of Oklahoma. Oh, kids basketball. <laughs> right? Chill. Yeah. I sound like Spike yeah. now. No, I think... You're uh, watching 
children's basketball. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question. Would you watch, what would you rather see? A movie made by college students or a movie made by a professional adults? What would you rather see if you had to pick which movie you wanted to see? Uh, I, well, it depends, but uh, the, the professional. Of course, yeah. Well, that's how it goes <laughs> with me in sports. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, I don't want to, have to I, see I, some movie where some some kids uh, out on the court. All he's thinking about is his math homework. <laughs> I know. He's worried I about where he left his. Uh, he's worried about where he left his iPad, his book bag. <laughs> it's uh, like, I, I want. I want. I want the grown-ups playing. Yeah, yeah. Well, this actually fits nicely into what uh, what I wish I hadn't done, or what I, what I wish I could take back was two things I did this weekend. One was which was uh, go to the celebrity All Star NBA All Star game, uh, and oh. then also see Fifty Shades of Grey the night afterwards. So Wait, just, uh, hold on a sec. You went <laughs> this year. You went. Yeah, last Friday night I went to the NBA All Star game here in New York. Yeah, but it's like the, for so just so people don't misunderstand, they don't <laughs> the All Star festivities. Yeah, and I use that word very loosely. Yeah, yeah. It's over three nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Culminating, it goes like this. Yeah, I went to the worst one. This is how it goes. Friday night. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've got an extra ticket to this thing. <laughs> no, Friday night is. Hey, I've got three tickets to this thing. Does anybody want to go? Saturday is like, hey, I've got one ticket to this thing. Um, I'll sell it to you for uh, uh, face value. Mm-hmm. Which, because Saturday is like the dunk contest and mm-hmm. the three-point shooting contest, mm-hmm. so it's better than the than the uh, the 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 whatever you call that yeah. on Friday night. The, the B team. The B team. Cause, and then Sunday is like, hey, do you know anybody who's got tickets to mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it's funny because uh, a guy that I, I haven't seen literally in, in, in nine months texts me Friday at 6 and is like, can you get to Madison Square Garden by 7? And a week ago I was looking to see if I could find any sort of tickets, any festivity. And I was like, I Stop saying festivity. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> Stop I, I, that. You said festivity twice. You, I got it from you. I got it from you. <laughs> you got it and, from me. You did not get that from me. So, so, I, so for people, hold on, look, you story how you get tickets. Right, let's. We're gonna move past that. We're gonna get okay. to the good stuff here. I don't. I don't need you to. We're not taking okay. the scenic route to get to you going. <laughs> Friday night, so people don't know, it's when non basketball players play a game. <laughs> so you'll go and you'll see. You'll see um, Kevin Hart Rappaport. and Michael Rappaport yeah. out there living out their basketball fantasies, mm-hmm. and sometimes they throw like some uh, some old player out there, right? Like some some yeah. like retired player will get out there. Who is out there this year? Chris Mullen. So Chris Mullen, the most overrated player in the history of of round <laughs> sports, played with round balls. Um, <laughs> Is out there, guy who looks like a uh, he's got like a flat top. He's got, that, <laughs> he's got that flat top. It's like you want to set like a, 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 a like a tray uh, on top of it with like French fries on it. 
You know what I mean? Like, you want to eat french fries off the top of his head, off of a tray. Like, you want to go to, like, a like an old-fashioned drive, drive-thru, like a, like a, like a, uh, like a Mel's Diner kind of place. And then, well, you're having fun over there. And then he pulls up, and then, and then he's like, hey, got your french fries here. Cause he's like got the, the most New York accent of anybody ever. Yeah, Brooklyn guy. And then he then he sets the tray on top of his head and starts bending down and he's like <laughs> underneath your like car door, but you're still eating French fries off the top of his head. <laughs> well, I I couldn't have described him any better. So you're at this yeah. Uh, this guy wrote on <laughs> wrote on uh, Twitter. This guy, John, his name is, he's this Paul Giamatti impressionist. Um, legally, he has a Twitter handle, not Giamatti. I think that was a legal settlement yeah, between yeah. him and uh, Paul Giamatti. He wrote, why is that Marine out on the basketball court? That's what it's like. <laughs> why is that Marine? He looks like, it yeah. looks like a Marine out there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, th- th- so he plays in the game. Mm-hmm. What's his face? Uh, uh, Chris Mullen. What other old NBA player was out there? Uh, Alan Houston. Alan Houston. Uh, number 10 from your New York Knicks. Yeah, people are pretty excited about that one. Yeah, because of the one time he made that shot that was a miss yeah, but yeah. happened to roll in anyway. I, that's literally a conversation the friends I was with are Knicks <laughs> fans. They're like, hey, remember that time... Uh, I, I'm not a Knicks fan, so I yeah. just sort of assumed that. was that. not a clutch shot. That was not a clutch shot. That was a miss that went down <laughs> yep. somehow. I'll take it, though. I'll take it. Um, Drove the Miami so. Heat into the tank. Mm-hmm. But that's what I am, man. I'm an eight seed. This show's an eight seed right now. We're an eight mm-hmm. seed. We're lucky to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're in the we're up against the the, the uh, all these shows now. The, you got uh nerdiest that nerdiest show we're up against that we got pete holmes with his uh uh what's the name of his show my head hurts or something like that i mean what the that's like got that mark Marin is like the he's like the uh he's like the uh king of the hill you know he's he's like the he's like the golden state warriors in this thing and I'm down here. I'm, I'm gonna like getting. I'm 41 and 41, squeaking into the playoffs. <laughs> Any, yeah. We're gonna um, get. We're gonna get the doors blown off this thing. But I wanted to uh, tell you also. Um, on Saturday, the next night, I went to see uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, Wait, by yourself? Like, not by yourself. No. Please say <laughs> no, not by yourself. No, I was no. Uh, and, uh, Please say was, not with a buddy. <laughs> yeah, like a buddy night. No, and, and and we got there late. We had to sit in the first row, which is just it was terrible. Uh, it was too close. And uh, there were everybody in this. I went in Williamsburg to go watch it. So everybody was like, "Oh, this is so bad. It's so stupid." And and people were just, you know, commenting throughout the movie, trying to make their own jokes. But it was like. It was like if uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 had just been like, this is so bad. Like, like there was no insight whatsoever. They just were talking about how bad it was and, and laughing at each other. More mm-hmm. self-congratulation, I guess, for for acknowledging how bad of a time yeah. they were having. Oh, yeah. Are they, they, they're they the ones who figured out that that movie stinks. Yeah. 
Guys, you're never going to believe. I just came back from the math lab. I ran the, uh, I ran the statistics. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. This Fifty Shades of Grey movie is not going to be very good. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you like it, though? Did you like it? Oh, no, no. It was, no? It, no, it wasn't very good. Um, well, how was the I acting mean, I, I in didn't. it? How was the acting in it? Um, I mean, it's... No, no, it's bad. I, I didn't know that there was three books. I thought it was all one thing. So when it ended, I They was, fit all the books into one movie? No, that's what I... So I right before the movie, I heard that there was three books. So it's like a Peter that. Jackson kind of thing. Exactly. If Peter Jackson made Fifty Shades of Grey, there'd be nine of those movies. Could you imagine? Exactly. He'd be stretching exactly. Fifty Shades of Grey. I'd make uh, the first one would be three movies long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the world's so, longest porno movie. <laughs> it was yeah, no good. But uh, that, that's all I got. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Great to have you back. And. Uh, yeah. Peter Jackson shooting 27 hours of Fifty Shades of Grey in New Zealand out in the woods with all the CGI. He, uh, Fifty Shades, hey, look, hey, hey, enough with the festivities over there. I'm painting right now. The old master painter's painting a little bit, but I gotta, I gotta hear you uh, chirping in the woods. So when you saw this thing, mm-hmm. first of all, what made you see the thing? What made you see it? You were just as guilty of being ironic as the, everyone else in there, but you just weren't loud about it, were you? I think there just comes a point in a in a relationship where anything that's novel is something that you want to you know just do, especially if you don't have any plans and you didn't make any you didn't have the force. You're not making sense right now. You're you realize that right? I'm, you sound like you're on the stand. <laughs> um, I didn't put any thought into what we would do on on my partner and I would do on Valentine's Day, and so you, it, it yeah. just seemed like something to do. Your part is uh, so you were there with your with your uh, with your My lady friend your lady friend, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, did you start necking during the movie? I weirdly no. <laughs> I, I I thought it would uh, I thought it would be a nice little springboard to some uh, some of that. Ugh, but all right, it sort of just was sad. It was, it was it sad, was, right? Yeah, sad. yeah, <laughs> just really sad. And I, I really, yeah, it wasn't good. I don't recommend mm-hmm. it. You, so, uh, so just so you remember, this guy does not recommend Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm going to write that down. Just in case uh, yeah. you were thinking about it. Thank you for the... Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, buddy. <clears throat> hey, Mike, did you happen to see that... Um, did you see that one video of the... Uh, the co- that courtroom thing with that eighty-year-old lady, where she was like, it was like in Broward County, and they kind of had her like skyped in in front of a judge because she was like in jail 
for for violating a uh, like a, a, a I think it was like a, a like a restraining order or a protective order that she she took out against her ex husband, and she's on this thing talking to this judge like via Skype, and and she's being really funny, and everybody's and the judge was completely charmed with her, and she's making everybody uh, crack up in the. Like everybody in the the judge is laughing, but even weirder was the 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 people behind her where she's in like a holding area. She's basically in jail, and those guys are I guess waiting to get arraigned would be what it would be. And those guys were laughing and like burying their face faces in their hands. It's it it's really. Um, I'll put a link up uh, later. It's really funny to see uh, how crazy it is that this old this old lady in jail was making everybody uh, crack up. No, no, the judge was completely charmed by her. So you got to see it. <clears throat> All right, let's go back to the phones. Who's good here, Mike? Three. Mike says three is good. Let's find out. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom. When that uh, previous caller called early on in the show about uh, King Crimson, I was um, expecting Vance to come on and extol the virtues of listening to the 70s records on 8-track tape. He's not here tonight. Vance and Gary moved away. Gary the Squirrel and Vance both moved out of New Jersey. Not together. 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 They were were roommates. Like Ernie and Bert kind of thing? I don't know. I never went over their place. <laughs> hey, this is Michael K. from Pittsburgh. Oh, I know. I know. Bro- what, 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 what makes you think I didn't know it was you? I don't know. When it's I you. Him, we, we all know it's my you. My voice, too. What, do I have a list? No, but you've got a very recognizable voice. It's Michael K. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to take that as a compliment. I have two brushes of greatness, though. First of all... Um, I want to Heinz say Ward. That, Who are your brushes of greatness with? What what Pittsburgh Steeler? Franco Harris. <laughs> Was he a Steeler? You know, I only follow the hockey. But uh, Mario Lemieux. You know what? He's a, he's a Pittsburgh hero, and he's a good guy. You know, I'll take me uh, Lemieux over Gretzky any day. Yeah, because he's, he's he got played for your team. Of course, you take him over Gretzky. No, he's also... Gretzky made you guys eat your lunch. I don't know anything about hockey. I'm assuming he made you guys eat your lunch. (laughs) He's a cancer survivor for the love of... Hey, um, you know what? I wanted to say to Coop that the reason he gets... um, I don't know how it is in L.A., Uh but the reason that he gets um, mistaken for an Uber driver is because of that beard, so he should probably get some Harry's razors... I don't know how it is in L.A., but here in Pittsburgh, all the Uber drivers are Eastern Europeans. So, you know, they have that beard and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's Coop's problem. Okay. But that was my first brush with Well, I'll, I'll, I'll pass that along to him. I'll pass that okay. along to Coop. Look, I've known Coop back when the Cynics first started. Uh-huh. And Coop was living in Springfield, Missouri. Okay. We used to stay at his house. 
There's okay. this garage band in Springfield, Missouri, mm-hmm. home of Silver Dollar City. And that's a whole other story I can tell you about the amusement park called Silver Dollar City. Coop can probably would, tell you about it also. Would, it's crazy. Would you? Yeah, I would. But anyway, there was this band there called Royal Nonsuch, and we would stay at Coop's house with this band, Royal Nonsuch, who mm-hmm. also lived there. Yeah. And my vivid memory of it is uh, uh, they, they would uh, – I was even a diva then, but they would give me my own room. But I remember reading this Thomas Tryon uh, novel called The Other, and it talked about this stain on the roof and this stain that was on the roof. And I remember laying on this, like – it wasn't an air mattress. They actually gave me, like, a real mattress on the floor. And I'm looking up at the ceiling and looking at the stain on the ceiling that was exactly – the stain from the Thomas Tryon novel, The Other. We had a few days off there, and we would always stay with them. But yeah, Coop mm-hmm. is such a man. What, it was so great to hear him on your show. I mean, that, that's my first brush with greatness. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And it's, uh, I mean, you know, what a great guy. My second one was, like, I do have Patti Smith's socks when I met her, um, at least the first time. She did that song, Dancing Barefoot. And when she uh, took off her socks, she uh, gave them to me later when we were backstage. So that's my toothbrushes with Ray. And uh, my Harry's, uh, Harry's Razor Club, too. <laughs> okay, I can't. All right. Well, those are, uh, now that you've talked at me, do you have any plans to talk to me? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you, okay. <laughs> like, now you'll, yeah, oh. I'm done. Oh, you're I had done to get now. Get that out before I forgot it. You know, I don't write these things down. Oh. I had to get it out before you. First of all, I just looked on Twitter. Coop just wrote, "This never happened," so you can know that. <laughs> what? And he's also, you know, what he's doing right now? He's tearing everything down at that exhibit. He's at. He's, he's putting all the stuff into a shredder right now. What's going on with you, Michael K? Because there's this band, The Cynics, that you are the lead singer of. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what's going on with that? Hey, we've been doing a lot. We just uh, got back from this great uh, trip to uh, Spain where we played with Dead Moon. As you know, uh, you might probably know that Fred Cole had uh, um, cardiac surgery. He had like a quadruple bypass like about a year ago, Fred Cole from Dead Moon. Mm -hmm. So uh, they only did one show so far in, I think it was in Seattle on New Year's Eve. And the Mm -hmm. second show they did was with us in Spain at mm-hmm. this festival. So that was their first two shows after Fred's surgery a year ago. And that was just, oh, it was just totally awesome. He's doing Played good? Great bands there. And, is he doing good? Yeah, he's doing great. He's doing better than me, i got to tell you. <laughs> he and Judy are both doing better than me. The night they played, I don't know. I got a little inebriated, if you what? can believe that. But uh, no, I can't. But, uh, we played the night before at the festival, and uh, yeah, it was just great, just fabulous to see them again. And and they have the original band now together. This wasn't the Pierced Arrows. This was with Andrew Loomis playing drums and Fred and Judy, mm-hmm. the original three piece. Right. So that was fantastic. And so uh, yeah, that's what the Cynics were doing the last month or so. And that, now we're trying to work on new songs and. You know, we try to space out our records like every two years. We're not one of these bands that like try to put stuff out all the time. We just want to wait until we build up some good stuff, you know. I, gotcha. I, I right. think everybody appreciates that. Everybody wants the good stuff. They'd rather than they want it. They want it right, not, not fast. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's also because we're lazy. 
Oh, I think you're doing just great, Michael K. <laughs> Hey, it's so great to have you back again. Hey, I heard you had some uh, Apple problems, and I don't want to turn this into <clears> tech talk or anything because um, I had the same problems with losing the uh, iTunes library. But what I'm really angry about, you know what gets my goat? You know, what's the, um, the, the demise of the iPod. Because I used to like to have my whole library on one thing and just put it on shuffle. And my phone doesn't have enough um, gigabytes to put the whole library on. So, and then they got rid of the iPod. So, what's the alternative now? The uh, Neil Young's Pono or something? I don't know. I don't know, my friend. Okay, I can't. I can't do it to you. I was going to bad company you, but I just, I, uh, I can't do it. Oh come on! It. I, I won't. I won't even know. <laughs> oh, I know. I know that. I wouldn't do it to you, though. I, I just could. You have to come up with a special song for me that's even worse than Bad Company. While I'm talking, you can play something worse. I don't know. I have to think. I don't know. I, I can't do something. it to you, though. You're you're too you're too good you're too good of a guy for me to do it to He's you. He's a whore by Cheap Trick. You mm-hmm. can play for me. <laughs> Are you still there? I am. Oh, okay. You have a look. I, I'm glad everything's going well for you, and I'm glad you guys are back playing. I'm glad Fred Cole's doing great from Dead Moon, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you and the cynics have up your sleeve for the rest of 2015. Oh, well, thank you, Tom. And I appreciate the support. You... Oh, you know. Best show. You're on the air. That said, I got to move on at some point. You're on the air, young man. What's your name? Oh, hey. Sorry about that. Uh, hey, Tom. This is John in Philadelphia. John in Philadelphia. What's up tonight, John? Yes, sir. Uh, I just wanted to start and say Chris Mullen's really not that bad, I don't think. <laughs> you, think he's, you think he's a crummy ball player? I think he's overrated. Yeah, he's probably a little overrated. Uh, the most overrated guy. Just... People people talk about that. He's not. He, he just, what was he? He could shoot. Whoop de doo. Yeah, he's a good shooter. Yeah, so what? Shooter. You know what that gets you? He's really stuck with that haircut, though. Yeah, that flat top. It's only good uh, only good for buffing shoes at this point, right? Yeah, he'd, I've noticed his shoes usually have a, a high shine on but them. But if he'd be at the air, he should be at the airport, right? You shine, uh, you could rub your shoes against his uh, flat top. Nothing? Goodbye. Best show, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, this isn't Tom, is it? It is. Oh, hello, hello. What's what's your name? This is John from Boston. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, John. Uh, What's going on in Boston tonight? Are you buried underneath snow? Yeah, we're definitely buried. How's that going? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, you know, I take it, I take it, you know, and just let it slide off the back. Okay, I got a plow. If I were really shoveling, I'd probably be complaining a lot louder. Mm -hmm. Sure. I got you. Anyway, I called to say uh, something about the topic. Well, first, I want to say that I love the show, and I've been listening for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So the topic about something that you wouldn't, you would love to take back is uh, similar to your situation with the Patty Smith. Um, mm-hmm. Was it a... Is it, this, is it this call? No. 
No, I hope not. I hope not. But uh, I was introduced to uh, Nick Cave backstage, or rather, oh, this is good. I should say I introduced myself. Okay. Because like it was, it, already. Uh, it was. Uh, I had backstage pass. It was at, yeah. a, sh- at a performance that they did in our town, and uh, always a good sign. Yeah. You don't actually know him. <laughs> so, you you know, got I, them. He, you got them from him, of course, right? I no. The, do you want to know how I got them? I, I uh, my roommate who had toured, not toured, done some dates with them, was out of town, and uh, they were coming through. And the day before, I got a call up from one of the members of the band, and I answered the phone. It was back in the landline days, it was like two thousand. So anyway, picked up the phone. It's Warren Ellis, and we had a nice long chat. And uh, I had already had tickets. I was going to the show, but he he said, "Well, I'd love to meet you. I'll put you on the list." So I brought a friend, and we hung around and went backstage. And it was a, it was an extremely small room, and Nick's just kind of sitting there in a chair, mm-hmm. you know, relaxing. He's done all his hard work and probably yeah. sweating. And here you come. Yeah, I know. And uh, I I see him kind of like staring at me, and I'm. You know, I can understand why. I mean, I get, here's this like six yeah. foot seven lunk. Oh, he's, he's got he's got you pegged. He's got you pegged from a mile away. Exactly. He sees you. He sees you seeing him. Right. And he's got you pegged. He just says to himself, "Here comes this guy. I'm going to move through this as f- quickly as possible because." <laughs> This exchange will happen. Right, right. This guy's definitely, and and he's just hoping at this point, and this is no offense to you, he's hoping at this point, please let this guy come over to me right now, (laughs) and we can just make this go as quickly as possible. Yeah. And it will be over if he just comes over now and stops side-eyeing me, stops staring at me out of the uh, corner of his eye, hovering... Exactly. I can, I can just say to him, I can have the exchange I'm going to have with this guy, and then, then he will, then I will give him the brush back that I'm going to give him if he goes past X amount of seconds. And I'm saying seconds, not minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And then he will be, this guy will be on his way, and then I can go back to enjoying me sitting here recuperating after <laughs> giving this guy what he came for, which was the performance on stage. Precisely, precisely. So is anything that I just said wrong about what happened? Uh, no. No, okay. So what did you do? Okay, so I, so I meandered over toward him, or rather just took like one step, because he was really standing right in front of me. It was I almost felt like I had to say something. So Or not. Uh, yeah, I... Compliments and complimented him on his show and the performance, and um, which is fine too. You could just that that if that's all you did right there, perfect. Yeah, and then I and then the next, finally, I tried to do something more. And there's not, there's not, and there's nothing wrong with saying to somebody, "Hey, that, hey, the show was great tonight. Uh, oh, thanks, thanks so much. Shows, I really, you know, I'm a huge fan. Show was great tonight. Thank you for 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 that. I'm I'm a big fan. That's a hundred percent within bounds of of that. 
And then you can tack on a well-thought-out question that you're not looking for an extended answer to. But what did you say? <laughs> I, <clears throat> I then uh, asked him, well... I wanted to explain to him, in fact, why I was in his backstage, <laughs> okay. and I said, oh. and I started to say, "Oh, the last time you were in town, oh. you played with my roommate, you know." At, who I don't, I don't want to say. Well, I, I will say that there are matador artists, and uh, just leave it at that. And I was, he totally was like kind of drawing a blank and at this point warren ellis had stepped in to try and help me out oh. and now warren is trying to <laughs> jog yeah. nick's memory and mm -hmm. i just look at him kind of staring at me blankly like no my memory doesn't go that far back and i've played oh. two thousand shows yeah, and yeah. in my twenty thousand years yep. on this earth and yep. <laughs> yeah it was a it was a futile effort but uh you know, I got to, I got to, I don't know. I, I, I guess I could say I got to meet him, but I definitely, that was an introduction I sort of would rather just never have. Yeah, 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 I wish, I wish you could take that one back too. Yeah. All right, buddy, that, that's a good one. Thanks for the, thanks for that. Thanks, Tom. All right, you have a great night. Ooh. It's painful. Hey Mike, is this who you is this really who you're saying it is? Huh. <clears throat> Apparently one of the guys from that video, the old lady that I had talked about a few minutes ago. The one of the guys who's waiting to get arraigned is apparently on line two. This is crazy. One of the guys from that video, the, the the old lady in front of the judge. This I guess hello, is on the hey, line. Tom. Hey, hey Tom, how are you? I'm okay. How are how are you? Good. This is Ty Monroe. Mm -hmm. How are you tonight, Ty? Well, you know, as good as you can be when you're calling from the hut, right? Wait, you actually. This is real. You actually are in jail right now calling from, uh, was it Broward County? Unfortunately, yes. No thanks to that damn judge, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <sighs> yeah, what, what, like, you being there for that video, right. Yeah. what actually happened with well, all of that? Everything you said, you know, about 10 minutes ago or so was true. The, this elderly woman was taken in because she violated this restraining order that her ex-husband had taken out. And so she goes in front of the judge, and she, she's literally, I, I think, in her mid-80s. You know, so how often do you see a, a, a woman of that age in the, you know, in the jumpsuit and everything? It's like it never happened. So. Mm -hmm. She's in front of the judge, and she's making her case, and it's just—it's obvious that she's harmless, right? Yeah. And she's calling him sweetheart, and she's saying this stuff that she doesn't really know is funny, but, you know, it, it is to everybody else. But it's also very endearing. Mm -hmm. You know, th things you don't expect from an elderly lady. Like like when Betty White kissed Bradley Cooper the other night on that hour-long SNL anniversary show. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- what an outrageous moment that was, right? Uh-huh. I still can't believe I saw that on television, Tom. Well, um, your name was Ty? Yes. Ty, that, that, the show was actually three and a half hours long. What? Oh, it flew by. It flew by, okay. Well, that's, I guess it flew by for you. It, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. It was three and a half hours long. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Well, man, I tell you, I, I never laughed so hard as when the Blues Brothers came out. Did you see that? I did see when they came out, yeah. Oh, pure hysterics. And they look exactly the same as they did back then. Well, I mean, that you know that that was not John Belushi. That was Jim Belushi. Yeah, the guy who goes... But yes. Okay. No, you're you're getting, you're compounding what you're getting wrong now. Um, how how so? It's actually, but no, and it wasn't. What? Yeah. Uh huh. Huh. Are you sure? I don't remember it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's neither here nor there. Wait. What you just said, neither here nor uh, there. Yeah, it's this old saying where, like, you, you're, you're getting this woman named Nora who's upset, and you, you kind of, you know, you, you hug her and you pull her to your chest and you pat her on the head, you know. Here, Nora, uh, there. When did this become, like, a, an ongoing... I, I never heard that once, and now I keep hearing that phrase all the time. I don't, I don't get that at all. I, I love it though. I, it, it's, I guess it is new into the what is it? The vernacular or the nomenclature? What is no, what, what is nomen? That's numbers, right? Nomenclature. You know, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not a very smart yeah, guy. I think vernacular is is worse. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I'm into it. And I'll tell you one thing: I've been trying to get been there, Nora done that happening. Get what what going? Been there, Nora done that. Been there, yeah. Comma, nor wait. What was it? Nora done. Nora done. Oh, so Nora like been there. That. So not been there, done that. Been there, Nora done that. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty pretty cool. Isn't what, it? But what would that even reference? Well, you're you're talking to someone named Ben. Okay. And so you're 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 pointing at him and you're saying Ben there, like you're you're making him go somewhere. So like Ben, comma there, there. Nora, the Nora Dunn part, I don't quite have a handle on uh-huh. yet. Sounds like you have SNL on the brain. I do. I can't get enough. You can't get enough. I can't get enough. You know what I was disappointed in? What's that? Unless I missed it, they didn't have "Get Off the Shed" in there. Was there a reference to that? There was a reference to it. Oh, I missed it. There was during Will Ferrell's audition video. Oh. They showed, that was one of the things he auditioned with. Okay. Where he's like, hey, pal, can you uh, do me a favor and get off the shed? Doesn't have quite the, the intensity it did that, at the time they actually did it. You mean when I just did it? When you did it just now, it kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry. I, first of all, I was not going for it the way he went for it. Well, that's why he's Will Ferrell and you're... Doing a CB, it's a CB radio, right? I, I don't understand how the no, CB radio gets out onto the airwaves. It's not 
a CB radio. It sounds like I keep every every ten seconds. I keep thinking you're going to say breaker one nine or whatever you guys say. I, whatever we uh, us guys. I'm not a CB. Uh, I'm not on a CB, so I wouldn't say what one of those guys says. I thought you were doing this from a, tra- a tractor trailer. No, that sounds like it is. No, we're very confused. We're doing it from a studio. It's a oh. it's a real show, Todd. Okay, well, well, let's get back to my thing, okay? I, you were you're taking all the glory. I don't like it. Oh, I don't like it. I don't want it. I don't need it. Uh huh. Well, that I'm sounds like an S. That sounds like you're trying to pitch like an SNL catchphrase or something. You know what? It's it, it's it's. I think it's just as good as attention teachers and students. Uh-huh. I mean that's that's a high bar, right? It's a there. There's a bar there. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if it's a. It might that might be limbo bar though. Oh, you don't like that? No, I'm not into it. Sorry. No. Okay. You well, like anyway, it? so ba- back to this courtroom. Yeah. The judge just he's he's in love with this old bag, right? Uh, okay. And at one point he asks her if she's ever thought of doing stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she goes, "Well, I I I would if you paid me enough." And mm-hmm. and we're you know if you see the clip, me and all the other guys behind her are just cracking up. We have our our our, our heads in our hands, and we're just we just can't believe what we're hearing because mm-hmm. you, you you never have this sort of rapport going on between a, a judge and the you know the the person that that he's that's standing in front of them you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so the judge is just charmed and he lets her off really easily okay. you know just like she has to wear an ankle bracelet for a month or something uh-huh so i'm next i'm the next guy to go up in, in front of the judge yeah so i'm thinking ty this is your lucky day how many times do you get to go in front of a judge who you've just seen laughing his crotch marbles off Ugh. And I and I'm thinking, Ty, you're going to be sipping Grey Goose out of some lucky skank's high heeled flip flop on the beach tonight. Mm-hmm. So so the judge was in a pretty good mood. Oh yeah, just the best mood I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you know, I'm just following Perry Mason's number one r- rule of law, which is of course just capitalize on the mellow vibe of the courtroom. Just. What was it? Capitalize on the mellow vibe of the courtroom? Yeah. I don't think that's like a rule of law. In oh, any... it sure is. What? I've never heard that before. Well, ever. believe me, I, I know of that of which I speak of, okay? Mm-hmm. Perry Mason says that in that episode where he tries to help Dave Davies beat a murder rap. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was that? Yeah, he tries to he tries to help Dave Davies beat a murder rap. He's accused of murder. Dave Davies, the the guitarist from the Kinks. Yeah. Was on Perry Mason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of TV's rarest episodes, Tom. I can't believe you don't know about this thing. I've never heard of it. It only aired once in 1966. I'm sure Andy Zach knows about it. Okay. Yeah. So, basically it was the final year of the show and they're trying to make it hipper for young people. Uh-huh. So young people are, are going to watch it. And in this episode, the kinks are playing the Hollywood Palladium. And Dave and his brother Ray get into one of their patented backstage bust-ups. Yeah. This particular one is over who gets less exercise. They're actually arguing about that. They're arguing over who gets less exercise. Yeah, yeah. Ray's claiming that he himself does, does less physical work. And, and Dave's saying, no, I do less. 
Well, that's a weird thing to be. Isn't arguing. that weird for 1966? Yeah, that's yeah, very so, strange. So things escalate, and before you know it, Ray dumps a bowl of Jello with ham chunks in it over Dave's head. Uh huh. And Dave calls Ray a, a, a right bloody twat. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was the first time it was ever uttered on American TV. Uh huh. And then, and then he shoves Ray so hard that Ray almost falls out of the backstage window. And right then, Dave storms out of the dressing room. And he comes back a few minutes later, but when he comes back, Ray's gone. And Dave looks out the dressing room window, mm-hmm. three stories below, splattered on the sidewalk, lies Ray Davies, dead. Oh, my God. Very heavy, right? Yeah. And so Dave gets arrested for killing his brother. Oh, my God. But but did he really kill him? Or did Ray fall out the window on his own? Or did someone else shove him after Dave left the room? The way it's filmed, it's very unclear. No one really knows. Sure, that's the mystery of the whole thing. Yeah. So Perry Mason, he gets hired to to defend Dave. Mm Mm-hmm. And Perry Mason does his best to uh, to do just that, but Dave really doesn't do himself any favors when he calls the judge, uh, what is it, um, a right dim geezer who hasn't been shagged in a fortnight. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. That was only the second time that had ever been said on American TV. I, I'm, more, I'm more impressed that that had ever been said once. I know, right? Yeah, it, it, it was a young dad, uh, Dan Rather, who said it to uh, Walter Cronkite in 1964. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. That's pretty, that's pretty weird too, right? That's very weird. Yeah. So the verdict comes back, right? Uh huh. Guilty. Okay. Wow. And there's there's total silence in the courtroom mm-hmm. for seven minutes. It was the only case Perry Mason ever lost. Well, you said there was how there was seven minutes of silence, just pure silence in this in the courtroom, and they 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 just kept rolling, and they aired seven minutes of just silence of just people just kind of looking at each other like in shock. Actual silence, total silence, no dialogue at all. Wow! And seven minutes—I mean, that's a long time. That's a very long time. Yeah. And for the longest time, it held the um, the record for the longest period of silence on American TV mm-hmm. until the night that Van Morrison did stand up on the Tonight Show in 1982. Uh, I, I didn't know Van Morrison did stand up. Yeah, it only aired once. Uh huh. It didn't even air on the West Coast at all. It was so bad. So they pulled Van Morrison doing stand up. They did, yeah. And that '82 look of Van Morrison is something else. Yeah. So I'm picturing like some still, still got a little, you know, trying to do the comb over. And the shirts are just getting a little too tight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's spilling out under, under those, uh, out of those, like, silk patterned shirts. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that looked good on Robbie Robertson mm-hmm. back then, but not that. You know. So. Anyway, the, the, the firing squad scene at the end of this Perry Mason episode, mm-hmm. it was the first time they ever showed exploding organs on American TV. I mean, now you see it every day on, on every show pretty much, right? I, I, well, I, you, 
I mean, I, I don't know if you see it on every show now, but I, I can't believe that on Perry Mason they showed somebody get executed via firing squad, yeah. and then you saw his organs get exploded by yep. the by the firing squad bullets. Yeah. That's like crazy. I said, it only aired once, but uh-huh. you know, it's it's out there. Ask Andy. He, I'm sure he probably has it on VHS or something, some other format. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll ask I'll ask Andy Zacks the next time I talk to him. That sounds good. Okay. But mm-hmm. getting back to my story. Uh-huh. When my name is called, I I go up to the podium and and the judge reads off the charges and he asks how I plead. Yeah. And I go Okay, okay, I did it. I was on the grassy knoll, and I started laughing, just cackling. Uh-huh. So, like, I'm basically approaching it like Bobby Bittman when he, he goes up in front of the Senate Committee on Drugs in Hollywood. Remember that? That's a SCTV episode. Yes, yeah. When yeah. when Bobby Bittman, the, com- the kind of hacky comedian. Yeah. How was, are you? Yeah, he was testifying. I and, didn't do that, but, yeah. And, but he's, like, making fun of everything in the courtroom and kind of... As if he's like working the room doing stand up and everybody's cracking up watching yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're cracking up on that episode, but they, they sure weren't uh, cracking up in the court that day that I did it. Uh huh. What happened? So I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to go into like panic mode. Mm hmm. So basically, I just start doing crowd work. Okay. And, and I, I told the bailiff that I could wrestle his gun away. And he goes, I'd like to see you try. And I go, all I'd have to do is hold up a crawler with one hand, you know, kind of far away from, from me. And then I'd, I'd grab your gun with the other because you'd be so mesmerized by the crawl, the crawler. Yeah, because he's, you know? he's like a... He's like a cop, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no laughter. And then I, I joked that my fellow inmates with me look like the audience at a, a concert co-headlined by Rat and the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh huh. Okay. Nobody really got that either. Yeah. Well, I I barely get that. Yeah. And I don't think I want the parts I do get of it. Well, okay. So, uh-huh. and then I I I I tell the court secretary that her uh, her pantsuit would look great rolled up into a ball on the garage floor next to my cot. What? Oh. She was really mad about it. Sure. Didn't think it was funny whatsoever. Uh huh. I don't know. She must have been having her her crimson visitor or something that day i don't know oh i i i hate that so much and ty i gotta say this whole thing is making me uncomfortable well imagine how i felt by this point nobody's laughing especially not the judge Uh uh-huh so so what what did you end up doing Basically, I, I did the same thing you did a month ago when you were telling that young kid who called in about mud honey. Uh huh. Yeah, I just started ram. I kept rambling incoherently with no regard for whether or not I was bombing. Well, okay. Well, that's not the answer I expected, and I, I also was. I didn't think I was rambling incoherently. Well, when yeah. I was talking about mud honey. Well, you were, and uh, nobody expects a Spanish Inquisition. What's that? Nobody expects a Spanish Inquisition. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. I mean, when I, I, I was I was so nervous at that point, I actually start, I said that to the judge. Nobody expects a Spanish Inquisition. Uh huh. The Monty Python thing. Oh, okay. That's what that is. That's a Monty Python reference. 
You have a radio show and you don't know that's a Monty Python reference? I mean, I remember it now. I mean, I'm yeah, not... one of the most famous things ever said in comedy. Yeah, well, I'm also not like one of those people who... I mean, look, you got on me for how, how I said, uh, get off the shed. Your, your, your read of that line was not exactly the way they did it either. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just a kid on off the streets. You have the ear of a nation. I have the ear of a nation. You should have that on your business card. I have the ear of a nation. Uh, you know what? It's not a bad thing to put on a card. I have the ear of a nation. A like nation it. or the it's nation? It's really good. I think it pops. It's sexy. Uh-huh. Well, I love when people say things are sexy. Uh-huh. I like I when they it. say things are delicious. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I also, you know what also? Eat that up. Yeah. I also like when they say things like, you ever know, you ever see online when it's like, this video, um, of the, of the, you know, the, the, the cat, uh, running up the curtains is, is everything we ever wanted from life. Like they always add the most overstated thing onto the. Oh, but consider the source, though, Tom. What is the source? Well, that's, it's, it's being written by a 22-year-old intern. Well, that, that might be true, I guess. Well, they know about life, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So maybe a video of a cat running up uh, some curtains might be the best thing they've ever seen. Yeah, it will change how you feel about things. Uh-huh. Who doesn't want to be told that? Well, that's fair. That's a fair right? point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so getting back to me again. Okay. Okay. So I'm, still, I'm still up there in front of the judge, right? Yeah. I'm so I'm bombing so hard. I actually did that thing Woody Allen does in Bananas when he defends himself in court. What What thing is that? I start racing back and forth between the witness stand and and the lawyer area. I'm asking myself questions, you know, and uh -huh. answering them. Sure. Is it called the lawyer area? What What is that? The lawyer area. What do you mean? Where the lawyer, like the like the table that the lawyer sits at? It's it's the area between the table and and the and the the witness stand. I don't know if that's just the floor or wait, spell it. Floor. F l o o r. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I even did the "you can't handle the truth" thing that Jack Nicholson says to Tom Cruise in Rain Man. Uh huh. In not Rain Man, that's uh, sure it is. That's uh, uh, a few good men. No, it's not a porno, creep. No, it's the movie A Few Good Men. It's not a porno movie. Oh, sounds like it could be, right? It sounds erotic. Uh huh. Well, that's. Are you into the erotic fair? What's that? Are you into the erotic fair? F A R E. It's not really my scene so okay. much, Ty. Yeah. Um, uh, I but that. yeah, Rain Man is a movie with uh, Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Hey, speaking of the erotic fair. Okay. My my last ditch attempt to like pull myself out of this hole I dug. Yeah. Was to tell the judge that I thought I could make out a faint whooshing sound coming from under his robe. Uh huh. So that you the, yeah. you you accused him of having some sort of uh, uh, a double P under there. Yeah. Like a device. A double P device, yeah. Yeah, okay. You can just call them devices. Okay, yeah. I can, uh -huh. I'm kind of, okay, that's fair enough. Uh-huh. So he starts, he's really mad, and he starts gaveling me on my neck and shoulder vicinities. Uh-huh. Telling me to shut up. 
Uh-huh. And then he made my bail so high I'm stuck here until until my trial. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, can can I ask why you were arrested? Of course you can. My life is an open book, sir. Well, sir. Well, yeah. that's uh, you you don't have to call me sir. Well, you command a, a certain degree of respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what the what, ear of a nation? Yeah, having the ear. Yeah, okay. Well, having the ear of a nation. What did you do? I beat up a tour. What's that? I beat up a guided tour. I don't even. What does that mean? I got into a flagrant fist fight with a guided tour group. Why? A fist fight with a guided tour group. How, yeah. How, how on earth did you get into a fist fight with a guided tour group? Well, Tom. I make my living doing what in England is known as busking. Which is singing on the street for tips. Well, I like to think of them as mini-fees, the money that I'm I'm given. Uh, Mini-fees? Yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like Like a regular performer gets, right? Sure. So you're getting your, your, your... Getting your mini fees. Yeah. And so, anyway, I'm singing my songs, you know, on the, kind of on the sidewalk, right in front of the beach. Mm-hmm. And this tour bus pulls up, you know, and, and right in front of my little performance area. And uh, so, anyway, the, the, the tourists get out of the bus. And, you know, there was a lot of your typical old loads, you know, kind of milling about, you know. And I was in a pretty funky, playful mood. Uh-huh. Tom, I was doing mucho rails. Ugh, okay, so you're doing rails. Yeah, so I'm I'm making up these funny songs based on the people who are getting off the bus. Mm-hmm. Like like just off the top of my head, it was it was like, get out of that bus and into a gym. Oh, That's cool, right? Like to the tune of the Billy Ocean song. Yes. Uh-huh. Was it that tuneless? Well, it's just, I'm just, it's a little bit of a reach. I just, you know, but okay. So you're doing get out of, get out of the the bus and get into, and get into a gym. Yeah. And Uh and here's one I loved. Old man, take a look at my life. It's going to be a lot longer than yours. Oh, that's, so you're making fun of these old people. Well, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. What? All right. Well, look. So that's what you're singing to them. Well, I didn't sing my best one yet. No. Okay. I got to hear your best one. Mama, let me into those khakis, and I'll take you down to Orgasm Street. <laughs> really irreverent yet hilarious stuff like that. Ugh. What? That is. I'm not even going to repeat that. Oh, one. I'll sing it again. If no, you want. no, that's okay. Mama, let me into no, those oh, khakis. No. Oh no. And I'll I, take you down to Orgasm I was, Street. I was not asking for you to sing it again. Oh. Um, so yeah, so you're doing your, your mean songs here. They're playful. Yeah. Uh, you're, okay. You're playful songs. Yeah. And these pe- these people are milling around the bus and it's slowly dawning on these idiots that I'm busting on them. Mm-hmm. They're getting really mad. Yeah. So funny. But they, they start surrounding me and they're yelling at me to cut it out. Uh-huh. And I'm going, you guys wouldn't know real art if it bit you on your fudge-stained clam diggers. All right. And this one dude. Yeah. He's wearing a Mother 13 shirt. Okay. Takes off his camo cargo shorts. And he starts holding them in front of me like a cape. 
mm-hmm. like it's a bullfight. Okay. He's starting to do this like matador thing with me, and I'm so jacked up on Krell at this point yeah. that I actually started charging him. He starts whipping me with his fully loaded cargo shorts. He had like a, a thick wallet in there, wallet chain, uh-huh. keys, a leather man, an OU812 cassette tape, a, a, a lead Zippo lighter. I mean, these shorts were heavy, Tom. And that's what you're getting beat with. Yeah, I'm getting whipped, you know. Yeah. So we're really tussling. And uh, I I took my tailor. Uh-huh. Tom, I, I jam on a tailor guitar. Okay, a tailor. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what a tailor is. Oh, it's just the coolest acoustic. Oh, I'm sure. It's, it's... I really wail on this thing, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I smash it over his bare haunches. Okay. He was he was screaming in agony, but the next thing I know, yeah. I'm being pummeled by a sea of double XL white t-shirts and khaki shorts. <laughs> I can I can barely breathe. I'm fading into unconsciousness. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it it doesn't sound like you did a whole lot of beating. It sounds like you got beaten up by a tour group, not the not not the other way around. Oh, well, aren't you funny? Okay, I mean, you're telling me your story and it just you you're saying how badly you beat them up. It sounds like you were getting thrashed. I got a couple good thrashes in on their old asses. What? <laughs> okay. So so now I'm here, you know, and it's like I'm in the hunt for God knows how long. But the worst thing about this whole thing? Yeah. They won't let me have access to any of my tiny hats. Your your tiny hats. Yeah. I wear those cool fedoras that are seemingly too small for the wearer's head. Uh-huh. Well, do you cock them at an angle? I do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you you can't get to your hats. I can't get to them. I don't like it, and uh, you know I I'm, I'm I'm pretty depressed, Tom. I gotta say, and, and there's one thing that you could do for me that could really raise my spirits. What's that? Well, I've been trying to find this Bee Gees song for like a month or so, and I just can't find it. I'm sure you know what it is. What Bee Gees song? Which one? Well, I'll I'll try to sing it for you. Okay. It goes something like this. You've been a bitch since day one, and I'm not having any fun. I'm positive it's on Spirits Having Flown, and I think it's I think it's one of Mel's songs. Well, I, well, uh, Ty, I, I, that, there's no BG named Mel. Are you sure? Oh, um, no, it's Merv. I'm sorry. It's Merv. Well, there's yes. no BG named Merv, Merv either. Merv Gibb. Merv, okay. And that song does not sound like a Bee Gees song. And, I think it is. Well, if it's on Spirits Having Flown, that's an easy thing to check. I don't have access right now. Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's true. I yeah. mean, I... I... <laughs> Are you okay? I'm just... It's just... You should take a Sucrets. Do they uh-huh. still make Sucrets? <laughs> I don't know if they do, but, you know, it's... I don't know that song, and <laughs> I just... I'm gonna... Can I ask you a question? You said your last name was Monroe? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, this is kind of a, a shot in the dark, but is, uh... Reggie Monroe is not your brother, is he, Ty? Yeah, he's one of them. Why? 
That's why I'm, all, I'm in all this trouble, actually, to tell you the truth. Uh, how, how do you mean? Well, I'm the youngest of the Monroe clan, and my, my parents pretty much let me do whatever I wanted after, after they blew with my, my other brothers, mm -hmm. Reggie and Phil and Norm, Claude, Sean, uh, Mike, Robert, Blaze, Miles Coltrane, uh, Bort, and Ron. You know, so I, I basically had to raise myself because they kind of gave up on me, you know, because they knew it was like a winless task at that point. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I had a crazy, you know, childhood. I, I, I didn't know that there were vegetables until uh, 2012. Vegetables? Yeah. I was just eating candy the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You I really, withered legs. You really were not... Uh... You really did raise yourself. I did, yeah, yeah, and 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 Fanta. I drank a lot of Fanta. The soda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I left Newbridge the day I turned eighteen, and I hailed it down to FLA for some fun and sun in the sun, son. Okay, so you 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 split from from Newbridge. The first shot you got. I sure did. Yeah. Well, you know, Ty, can I ask you a question? Also, is like if if this show is. How are you hearing, like, how did you know what I said earlier about having seen the clip of the old lady in jail for you to call in if you're in jail? Oh, we're listening to the show right now. H who's listening to the show right now? The inmates. Why? The inmates are listening to the show right now. Yeah. That's so weird. I mean, I, I did not think... That they let, like, cell phones or computers in jail. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, how are you hearing the show? Because, I, I mean, that stuff is forbidden, right? Well, they're playing it over the PA. They're playing this show over the PA. Yeah. They let the prisoners pick what they want to listen to, and tonight it was my turn. And okay. so I, I, I picked the best show because I'm, you know, I'm, I listen to it. I, I like the show. Uh-huh. How, one thing, though. How, how's I, it going over? Well, my, my cellmates hate it, and they want to kill me, but they especially want to kill you because they think you're like a blowhard. Uh, okay. And oh, I, I, I told those guys, I said, that Tom is a damn genius, and they can take a long, hot drink from my pants faucet. Ugh. Yeah. How'd, they, the, how'd, they, how'd that go over? Not good. They surrounded me, and they started pounding their fists into their palms, you know, like... Yeah. That, you know, okay. like very ominous, like you're going to get it. Yeah, yeah. And so what I did. What did you do? I did that thing that Sean Penn does in the movie Bad Boys, where, where he stealthily loads up his pillowcase with these full cans of soda. Uh-huh. And he shakes them up, and, he, and he, he has them in the pillowcase, and he starts swinging them around his head, you know, so, so he can hit dudes in the face with it. Really? Yeah, it's, it's like, really intense. Like as they're circling you, yep, you start yep. swinging this pillowcase full of soap. Yeah. Wow, no, it's, it's 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 very scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what what happened? I don't know. I haven't fin finished making it up yet. What what what's that? I said I haven't finished making it up yet. Oh, wait a minute. You haven't finished making it up yet. Making up. So wait, so everything that you've been telling me 
for like the last 25 minutes has been made up? Well, that's just a colossal... What? What is that? I'm sitting in my car outside your studio eating cold hot dogs. Ugh. Cold hot dogs? Yes. Why, why would you eat a... Okay, and... You have two... Okay, and he hung up. He has two horns. I gotta say, that... That's as weird as it gets. That is as... Enter, that's, it's entertaining. It's frightening. But it's entertaining. But it's also like a waste of my time. All at the... All simultaneously. That was, I don't even know what to say about that. So, let's listen to something by Kinski. That Kinski, it's hot stuff, Jack. From the album that came out a couple years ago called Cozy Moments, we heard Conflict Free Diamonds. That's on the uh, Kill Rockstars label. Good stuff, man. And Kill Rockstars. Killrockstars.com. You go over there, you support them. And people, that is how you support the best show. We're not behind a paywall right now. We're not forcing you to take out a subscription to hear the show. We're trying to do this for free. We're not begging you for donations. It's it's not we're not doing that now. We're I'm trying to provide a show that is free. And the only thing you have to do is listen and support it. And subscribe to the podcast whether it's on iTunes or your RSS feed or on whatever place you can uh, find the show, you go and you support it. You subscribe to it and you make sure you download all the episodes, all of them. You go to the thing, you download all of them, man. You listen to all of them. 
go to iTunes, you listen to all the episodes. You also got to support the advertisers if you can. We give those codes out. Use the codes. That lets people know that we are, uh, that you're hearing the ads and that you're taking note. That's it. Listen. Tell other people to listen. Subscribe. And uh, support the advertisers. And you know what I'm thinking? I think we'll do a, uh, a half hour of power tonight. You want to do that, Mike? We'll do another half hour of power tonight. What is the half hour of power? Well, it is uh, after the best show ends. We uh, do a 30-minute program of unscreened phone calls. Mike will be in here taking calls with me. We'll have uh, Jason, the uh, the studio dude, a.k.a. the dudio. Look, he's the one that came up with that. Not my idea. He pushed it. I'm, li- I'm held hostage a little bit. He wants it to catch on. It's not catching on. He insists that it will catch on. I have no say in the matter. He'll be here. Pat will be here. So it's worth uh, So uh, we'll tell you. What you do is... And you can't hear it. It's, we don't do it live on, on the on the bestshow.net. goes up as a podcast on Friday. Half hour of power, 30 minutes, unscreened calls, rapid fire. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll do that uh, a few minutes after midnight. We'll give the phone number out on... Uh, on uh, on uh, on the, uh, the the social media. Guys, the phones are full. Let's go back to the phones. The topic on the table was, if when I remember uh, the last time we spoke, it was, I wish I could take that back based on my amazing incident with uh, Patty Smith in an elevator in San Francisco. True low point. Since we're talking about basketball, I also went to uh, I went to a, a Knicks game a couple weeks ago with uh, with uh, my bro Alex Gordellis, really funny guy, funny dude. He's been working on uh, difficult people with Julie Klausner. I don't know why I'm saying it like the uh, movie phone guy. It's a TV show. It's not a movie. Alex is a good guy. He asked me if I wanted to go see the Knicks take on the Golden State Warriors from San Francisco, from the Bay Area, because that's where he's from. So I went with him to the game. And for, for, I know there's people listening who are not sports fans. They're like, why are you talking about sports? Please stop. Well, calm down. 
Imagine what I follow the advice that I told John Hodgman when he he's not a sports fan. I told him, imagine it's happening uh, with uh, princesses being uh, uh, held captive, and that the team has to win so the princess can be freed. Then you can follow sports. Make like there's some uh, it's happening all in a giant castle somewhere. And that there's some king watching from up in the rafters, thrilling to the, to the competition below. Gladiator was a sports movie, guys. Gladiator was no different than Rudy, except for the fact that the gladiator was was deserving of the thing and Rudy was not. Don't make me talk about Rudy again, please. That bum, that bum Rudy who cried his way onto the team, complained till they finally let him into the game to stink it up. They let him into a game that was a blowout so he could play one play. You know what they should have said to Rudy when he wanted to, I just want to get in one play. Rudy, for, hey, Rudy first thing, you stink. You're terrible. You shouldn't even be. We. You should barely be a, a, a ticket holder to these games, let alone sitting on the bench. Secondly, Rudy, instead of trying to get in the game, what you might want to do is go have a conversation with your father. He's a demented mutant who doesn't like you, but started crying when he walked into this football stadium. That's who you might want to. You might want to go do that instead of uh, instead of worrying about getting on the field and uh, and uh, tackling somebody maybe in a blowout. So we go to this game. It's Knicks game. So the Knicks are terrible this year. The worst team in the NBA. It was not supposed to be like this, but it is like this. So they're just the absolute worst. And the Golden State Warriors are are finally good after decades of being. Uh, terrible. This team's finally good. Pretty much this year. You know, they were, they, they've been pretty good before. Now they're great. So, you should see these Warriors fans at this game. I tell you, you'd think these guys were rooting for the world's longest dynasty the way these clowns in the stands, and this is not Alex. Alex is a class act. He's sitting there watching the game like an adult. But these guys in these Warriors shirts, like there was one time when a guy on the Warriors makes a, a, a three-pointer. Um, uh, 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 Stephen Curry. And, and the game the game was not a very good game. The Knicks are awful. Everybody's hurt on the team. It's a game where these guys are playing. It looks like they all won contests to get in the game somehow. Like like they did good with the half-court shot and got asked to stay stay and keep playing. The 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 Eddie uh, uh, syndrome. Rudy and Eddie. Rudy versus Eddie. What movie would that be like? Sean Astin, Whoopi Goldberg. Finally, they square off. Rudy versus Eddie. So, uh, so, 
Knicks are awful. These Warriors fans were so arrogant. They're so arrogant, and the Knicks fans are so beaten down, conversely. Like, this guy, Stephen Curry, the, Knicks, the Warriors are half asleep, and they're still up by 20 in this game. Guy makes a three-pointer. This guy in a warrior shirt jumps up and starts doing this motion as if he's, like, rolling off, like, dollar bills at a strip club. Like, like the, the make it rain. Is that the make it rain thing? He's, like, he's just, like, blah, 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 blah. like, he's, like, dealing cards flying off. His, but he's, like, he's doing dollars. It's, like, first of all, you didn't make that shot. You're, you're being more ostentatious about that shot than the guy who made that shot is. It's, and secondly, it's like, you, you haven't won anything yet. It's, it's the first week of February. You still have all the playoffs to go through, you arrogant, like, hubris. I tell you, man, when uh, the hammer, the hammer is a tricky thing. Whoever's holding the hammer... These Warriors fans got hit with the hammer for 40 years, and suddenly uh, they're 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 really good for half a year, and this one guy's uh, waving the hammer around like, like he's Thor, like he's John Henry, like he's a box of baking soda. Who else holds hammers? Like he's one of those construction workers out on the beam eating lunch. And I question that, too, whether those guys actually ate be- lunch out on those beams. That probably happened once. And they took a picture of it, and then everybody thinks construction workers eat lunch uh, four miles off the ground. But the hammer is a crazy thing. And these Knicks fans, one guy goes, Sit down, you're at the garden. To the Warriors fan who was... Flaunting his 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 uh, greatness, his February greatness. I'll tell you this, man. You know what the exciting part of the the show the the whole game was the most exciting part. They got this T-shirt cannon, right? We have all seen T-shirt cannons. That's one thing, sure. I was excited. A t-shirt almost went over, and a kid in front of me caught it. One row in front of me. It was one of the twenty most exciting things that's ever happened. A t-shirt from a t-shirt cannon actually went right at me, and a kid in front of me caught it. But they're doing this t-shirt cannon. Yeah, yeah, we've seen this before. Then all of a sudden, they roll out this thing that was like. It was like, 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 from like, like Iron Man 2 had like things like this that got like fired at Iron Man. It was this giant, it was like wheeling out a spotlight. You know, you ever see like a spotlight in a a car dealership in the parking lot? They wheeled out this thing that was like a rapid... It was like an evil weapon, basically. Stuffed with t- with t-shirts in like a dozen 
like spinning chambers that was launching like shirt after shirt. It was like, it was horrifying and amazing at the same time. It was like, it was like a t-shirt war machine, not a t-shirt cannon. This was like, and this thing was firing. I truly was blown away by the t-shirt weapon of destruction. I need some footage of that. If anybody's got footage of the t-shirt weapon of destruction that was fired at the audience. It seems like a, it's like a it's like a Halloween 3 vibe to it in a way. Like they're going to hurt us with that at one point. Like it's going to get turned on everybody. Everybody's going to get like get like really messed up by the t-shirt that weapon. What's that? Did it have a name? I don't know, Mike. Was supposed to go in and interview the twenty-two-year-old pumping out T-shirts. Oh hi, uh, yeah. I want. I already had a bad enough time with Patty Smith, Mike. Now I'm supposed to humiliate myself in front of a kid pumping T-shirts into the crowd. show you're on the air how's it going tom oh it's going all right who's this my name is fred i'm from honolulu oh my goodness it's fred formerly of honolulu (laughs) if anybody who used to listen to the original yes so we just put a picture of this thing on 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 twitter this t-shirt machine gun it's terrifying So, uh, 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 this guy, Chris, uh, Harriet, just put it up. Nice job, buddy. This guy, Fred, used to call the, uh, the, uh, the old show. You know, we've gone through some ups and downs. I, I love, I, I love this guy. Then he betrayed me. They betrayed me. He, he went and ran. I'm not going to say like a rat. I'm not going to say that. That's extreme. <laughs> he ran to into the arms of Chris Gethard. Okay. And the Chris Gethard show, which was fine. Best show was off the air. This guy was like, "What's my escape hatch here?" And it was Chris Gethard, and the Chris Gethard show was his parachute. Coming to Fusion. Oh, see, and he's turning into a plug. Chris isn't even calling up doing that. You are. So, so yeah, because Chris has a show. Uh, the Chris Gathered Show is moving off basic cable. And now, look, I'm assuming, look, I'm not going to make any assumptions here. 
Sure sounds like someone who isn't along for the ride at Fusion. <laughs> Suddenly, my doorbell's ringing. Suddenly, someone, uh, someone's, someone's interested in being back on, on the best show again. Hey, Tom. Yeah. What would you do to do what John Starks did? Like, how oh, much? What would you? Five years off? off my life. Five <laughs> years to dunk on Horace Grant and Michael Jordan and win a playoff game. Could you imagine? Yeah, I remember that playoff series. What that must have felt like. If I could dunk in a game like that, five years. But what if I... Here's the thing, Twilight Zone style. Or Black Mirror style. Alright, enough with Black Mirror, you weirdos. Watch one episode of that thing. I'm, I'm still... Uh, I can't sleep. Creepiest thing I ever saw in my life. How would you put that one episode last? And we all build up to that one. Not the first one. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that's the one with the yeah, yeah. with the doppelganger, right? The doppelganger. And it's like it's not like uh, want the pig. The pig, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Why they put that one la- first? Tense. Uh, yeah, that should have been the last one. All right, you've built up to this one. Now you can watch this one. You watched all of them. Now you're ready for this one. Not the kickoff episode. I'll tell you. I'm not saying that show's for dummies, because it's not. But there sure are a lot of dummies that like it. <laughs> a lot of dummies do like that show. So, uh, so for this guy Fred was a part of the Chris Gethard show, which is moving off basic cable to fu- the Fusion Network. Yes, which is a, a, a network that uh, people have, right? I think people have mm-hmm. it, <clears throat> and uh, and it's uh, and it sounds like uh, it sounds like there's only a certain amount of room in that in that lifeboat. <laughs> and now, all of a sudden, someone found my number again. <laughs> all I'm doing is practicing <laughs> sweeping up. Like, <laughs> Oh, Fred, I, you know I'm teasing you. You're a great this guy. In all seriousness, this guy's a great guy, Fred. I, I really like him a lot. Oh, thank you, Tom. So what's going on, buddy? Uh, I got one for the topic. The topic being, I wish I could take that back. Yes, sir. And now, is this something you said? Is this you yeah. jumping on the Chris Gethard bandwagon? Is this no. what you'd wish you could take back? No. Publicly no. besmirching me? In favor of Chris? No. No? No. What is it? No, no, no. Okay, so it's going to, I'm going to need a little leeway because it's going to involve something you hate, which is talking about vacations. But Do I hate talking about vacations? <laughs> You've got so many dudes talking about their fancy vacations. You want to know what? You're the only person, you just served it up right there. Anyone else would have gotten hung up on saying You've hung up on so many dudes talking about it. <laughs> Only you, Fred. Escape. I know I'm playing with Fireman saying that. <laughs> so go ahead. Let's hear this story because you, you, right. you've earned your stripes. All right. Um, so it's like 2011. Uh, Elvis Costello was doing his um, that spinning wheel songbook thing. Yep. That's where he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
So I had a chance. I was in London, and I got to see it at Royal Albert Hall. And uh, I took the last tour of the day so I could sit in on the, the sound check. And the sound check was incredible. It was like an instrumental sound check, but he started playing a lot of Johnny Cash songs. Okay. It didn't make sense to me, but I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I was like really looking forward to it. Uh, the concert was amazing. He he started off with, um, uh, I hope you're happy now, and then he goes straight into Heart of the City. And That's a great smashing. He goes, I hope, I hope you're happy now is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, it's yeah. Like the angry song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Because I, I saw him do that spinning songbook thing mm-hmm. when on the Blood and Chocolate tour, my friend. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so now tell me about your story from two years ago about the spinning <laughs> wheel, please. By all means. Okay, so... Um, when he took that uh, beat-up wheel that I saw was shiny and brand new. But please, go ahead. So I saw, um, he, he, he's running through the hits. He does a spinning songbook thing. And then uh, on his second encore, he, he does shipbuilding. And then on his second encore, uh, he goes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring up a friend of mine. And then, like, I was on stage right so I could watch the entire hall, like like a wave of ovation. Like, there's just, you just recognize the dude before I could see him. Yeah. And this, this guy, who, this bloated dude. In a coat and tails, but it was like purposely undone. Like there's no bow tie or anything. Oh, it was a Chevy was Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Chevy Chase. Up, yeah. He was he was holding up a champagne flute to the crowd, and by the time he gets closer and closer, and he doesn't finish the introduction because the, the the applause is so loud. It was Russell Crowe. And I was so blasted. Like, I was, like, seven ciders in that I didn't realize that I was the only one annoyed. And I started spooing at the top of my lungs. Oh. Just like... You're... <laughs> you're not... I looked like I was booing Elvis Costello. Hey, you're the... You're the... They, look, I should have seen... If y'all would have known this story, I would have... I would be able to ID the patterns uh, that you just change... You change like a, a stiff breeze makes you change course. <laughs> hey, Elvis Costello, you're telling me it's the best show you ever saw. Then he brings uh, one person on stage you don't like. Boo! Boo! Oh, you're. And now somebody's saying on Twitter uh, that you're confusing me and Gethard about vacations. <laughs> I don't hate. Va- he hates vacations. That is a reference to the character Vacation Jason. <laughs> but yeah, but you're mixing you're mixing it all up. That he hates that he hates that kid with the vac the this that's that kid. I hate that kid too. That Vacation Jason kid can't stand that guy. But, uh, but yeah, I wish. Um, I you wish, know, I like Murph. What's Murph. Oh yeah. Murph. Right. You're like Murph a little bit. You have a Murph-esque quality. <laughs> I have definitely a dirtbag. <laughs> I have definitely a dirtbag. No, I didn't say uh, Murph was a dirtbag. Oh, I'm a dirtbag. I'm not saying Murph. <laughs> all right. Well, you say you're a dirtbag. You don't call Murph a dirtbag, too. No, no, no. And lump all him right, in. Right. I'm just saying 
Murph is working on a one-man show that he's asking lawyers about statute of limitations about. Okay. Well, look, I'll tell you this, though. Well, first of all, I'm sure Murph loves that that's uh, – everyone knows that now. That, <laughs> so, um, look, I know how it is with you. I know you too well, Fred. Right. I'm not like the rest of these Howleys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, you know, trying to act like they know what's what. Yeah, yeah. You and I, it's like Descendants style Hawaii, right? Yeah, you're from old blood. I'm old blood. Yeah. <laughs> regal. Yeah, I'm regal. I thought it was great that there was like one person who didn't look like they could have been like a relative of George Clooney in that movie, maybe. Like everyone was like, like that movie could have taken place at like Cape Cod and it would have been oh, like, yeah. <laughs> if that movie took place at Cape Cod, you'd be like, eh, still a few too many white people for uh, Cape Cod. Here. Do you see that? Do you see that new romantic comedy called Aloha, and it's all white people? <laughs> no, I'm sure there's one crazy Hawaiian guy who's like a goofball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who probably is like running around, being like a like a uh, like a doing like a you know like a, a whole uh, sellout thing, like a whole you know like. A, like you know, bringing, bring, setting everyone back. You know <laughs> what I mean? Actually, uh, that's actually, uh, what's his name? Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider has uh, ties to Hawaii. He doesn't like to talk. <laughs> yeah, because what was he in with, what was the Hawaii, the, the Adam Sandler Hawaiian movie? Yeah, 51st Dates where he played like a horrible Hawaiian caricature that was like protesting. Oh, that's so, that's just so, how did that, how does that happen? <laughs> oh, Fred. Well, Mike's giving me the signal, Fred. Right on, man. Thank you so doing much. These. What does it mean? Does it mean I'm I'm from the mainland? I know you might not know that. Uh, <laughs> I know you might think I'm like a Hawaiian, like an old blood Hawaiian. Is that what Jersey's called here, the mainland? <laughs> but uh, you, uh, you, uh, I uh, hear when somebody runs their finger across their neck and shakes their head. Uh, horizontally, it means one thing. What does that mean in Hawaii? It means it's time to sacrifice them to the guy. And they mouth hang up yeah. on this guy. No, that's it. No, Fred, I'm teasing you. I love you, Fred. I love, I love you, buddy. You too, man. I'll see you soon. Seriously. See you soon, I look buddy. forward to seeing you again. Bye. Bye. That guy's a great guy. Who's on? Who's on the? Uh, Who's on the... What's that? Yeah, yeah. Best show, you're on the air. Tom. Yes. What's up? It's Colin in uh, Queens. Colin in Queens. I know this guy. Yeah, how you doing? It's my first ever call. It is your first ever call. It's very exciting for people who don't know this guy. If you've ever heard of... Pizza, the the food pizza. <laughs> this guy knows more about pizza. He's forgotten more about pizza than you know about pizza. He, Colin, did a fanzine for 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 a few years, which 
was him basically documenting himself eating, trying to eat at every pizzeria in New York City. And it was called Slice Harvester, or it still is called Slice Harvester. And you, uh, and, and, and it, it's really one of the, it was one of the most fun fanzines, uh, I've ever read. So I, I love, I love Slice Harvester and people can, uh, people, you're on Twitter at Slice Harvester. That's how people can find out about you, right? I am. It's true. Yeah. That's, you know, that it's really sweet for you to say that. That means a lot to me. Well, it's you know, I'm true. I'm a huge fan of what you do. I do know that. And, uh. Yeah. You, uh, you, uh, here's something exciting. I was on, you, you now have entered the podcast game. I have. And you have a podcast called Radio Slight Harvester. Radio Harvester. And I w- did an episode of it. You did an episode of it. It airs tomorrow. All right, so people can get check that out where they can go to your Twitter and get all the info, right? Go to my Twitter and get all the info, and it's also it's airing on FMU on the Infinite Distortion, the punk show on FMU tomorrow night, which is uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, nine p.m. My my bro, uh, <coughs> Reed. No, Reed gave the show. Reed's in grad school now, so he gave yeah. this guy DJ Bosch, who's fantastic. But Reed, Reed was a part of the. Uh, your deal. Yeah. No, no, Reed is, Reed is my, Reed is my puffy combs. Reed, Reed is your puffy, to your biggie. Yeah. Reed is your. I get to be biggie. I'm, I'm writing the narrative here. I get to be biggie. Exactly. Yeah. So you, we went to a pizzeria together. You took me to a pizzeria in. in New Jersey. Well, so we're not going to say where. We'll keep it a secret, a little mystery. Yeah. People got to hear it. We went to this pizzeria and we did a podcast from the pizzeria. As you yeah, ate had, New Jersey pizza. And it was delicious. It was good. From the pizza parlor. <laughs> From the pizza parlor. Yeah. So, what is going on with Slice Harvester? The fans, and you ended up concluding your, your mission pretty much, right? Yeah, I finished. I ate all the pizza in Manhattan. I was going to do all the boroughs at one point, And then I got sick of writing about pizza. So I just cut it off at Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Which is a then, f- fair. That's completely fair. Hey, it's like 400-something slices of pizza. Yes. Plain pizza only. You know, I mean, what am I going to do? How much yeah. can I really say about plain pizza? Yeah. Now, what is it like when you <coughs> eat a, uh, eat a, uh, one of those, I know you're, you're not into those 99-cent slices. I've never had one of those 99-cent slices that you see these places. They seem terrifying to me. Because something's got to give. Right. Something's got to give for it to be 99 cents. Yeah, you're giving up something. Either it's tiny or the ingredients are garbage. Yeah. How could it be? How could they not be? How could they not be saying like, all right, legally this is sauce, I guess. We can, <laughs> we can, we can call this pizza without getting sued. I, uh, so yeah, so the so the 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 your your run ended, but you've been talking about a a a a a a, a book. My book, I actually finished. I wrote a book. You wrote it. You did write. Yes. Yeah, it's finished, and I'm in the process of editing it. I'm doing like the last round of edits right now. It's going to be out in August. 
Oh, that's awesome. Simon and Schuster. Yeah, it's called Lights Harvester. And it's you. What is the? Does it have one of those subtitles like "Slice One Man's Quest to Pizza in New York City"? No, it says "A Memoir in Pizza." What's it say? You know, between you and me and all the listeners, is uh, you know, I could have done without that, but say love Ah, what are you gonna do? You got a book. I'm Simon and Schuster's putting your book out. Yeah, yeah, I'll do whatever they say. Yeah, yeah, you and you'll like it. They'll yeah. tell you what to yeah. do. They tell you to dance. You dance. They tell me to dance. I dance. <laughs> Absolutely. So people can get your podcast uh, with me and you uh, tomorrow. You said tomorrow, right? Like it'll be on FMU. Be on FMU tomorrow. It'll be downloadable as a podcast on Thursday morning. Okay. And it was fun. It, it, it was really fun. I've been a big fan of the of the fanzine for a long time, and uh, and I'm very excited about the book. We'll we'll have you on when the book comes out, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get some pizza here, and Mike can uh, eat pizza. You want pizza, Mike? Mike? Michael, bring some Bayonne pizza. Have you ever had Bayonne I've pizza? I've never had Bayonne pizza. What's the best place in Bayonne, Mike? <laughs> said Domino's. Mike said Mike said Cafe Dom he called it Cafe Domino's. You know, is- and you talk a lot about how Mike you're gonna replace him or whatever, but I gotta tell you, I called him up on the phone, he mm-hmm. answered the phone and the first thing he said was he goes, How'd you get this number? Good. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Mike did the right he's doing thing. Right. He's I, I we 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 goof, but Mike knows the my Mike's uh Mike knows what he's doing. Yeah, the general. Yeah, like there. a pitbull on the phone, yeah. The general. Wants to know what time it is. Well, Colin, I gotta, I gotta take these calls before the show ends. Everybody go to Sli- at Slice Harvester and get the info on the podcast on Radio Harvester. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it was so good having you. Oh, thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you All soon. Right. Right, bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Good guy. Good guy. Best show. You're on the air. Oh, hey, Colin. It's Mike in Scranton. Mike in Scranton. What's up, Mike? Uh, I got one for the topic real quick. All right, let's uh, hear it. I kind of tursed out uh, Jay Mascus one time, uh, similar to how you did with Patty Smith. Okay. Uh, it was in, oh God, like maybe the late 90s, and I was at a John Spencer show. Mm-hmm. And who's in the crowd but Mascus? He's like standing not far away from me. Okay. And, like, yeah, you know, I'm, like, a fan of Dinosaur and stuff, so I thought, like, oh, I'll go over and talk to the guy. And, like, I think I kind of forgot what Jay Mascus was like or what his reputation was like, you know? Uh-huh. Okay. And I, I walk it? over to him. Mm-hmm. And he, he, I'm just like, oh, hey, you know, and he's just not half it. Like, I should have just walked away and left yeah. him alone. And, uh, and st- like, so after kind of, like, just sort of nodding politely at me, or maybe even not so politely at me, I, like, decided I was going to walk away. And I, like, wanted to pay him a compliment. And, like, before, I, you know, parting shot or whatever. And I did, like, the dumbest thing. Like, I, I should probably add I was full-on tripping while this was happening. Like, I was completely out of my mind on a... Uh, uh, acid, which, which isn't like something I normally did either. So uh-huh, I was like completely. Uh-huh. So, in my adult state, and, it, and I had a rough, kind of a rough time. Is this that, the but, Chuck Klosterman uh, guy? 
Yeah, it's yeah. me again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the dude with the claustrophobic voice. Uh, yes. I the new Stig I, Larson book. What? The, goodbye. I'm tired of you. Sorry. Best show. You're on the air. Hi, it's Allison from Evanston. Well, how about that? At midnight, we speak to a female. It took a little while. Took a little while. I know who you are, right? We're buddies. Yes, yes. What's going on tonight, Allison? Uh, so I got one last one for the topic. Let's hear it. Uh, so in a weird noun, I was in a class at my college freshman year about Survivor. The television show. Wait, what school did and you go to? Northwestern. A class about Survivor? The professor is actually on the season of Survivor that's starting, like, this week. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Your professor <laughs> was on Survivor. He's going to be on now. He's going to be on. What is he? Is it Rudy Bosch? He a class about it. Is your professor uh, Rudy Bosch? I wish. Professor Bosch, uh... I have a question about Survivor. When when Jervis went and uh when Richard Hatch how do you do you see that as a metaphor for the struggle of mankind against technology when uh when Richard Hatch uh betrayed Jervis? So you're in a classroom with a guy who you have to act is like is actually in charge of anything who is a reality TV star. Well, yeah, so he, so at that point, he just desperately wanted to be on Survivor. You know now, what I would Two years later. And he was on it. No, he's on it now. But he's on it now. But after at, teaching the class. At that point, he was like a wannabe. Was he, do, was he doing, like, crunches the whole time? Like, trying to get ripped? Yeah, he he wore um, a blue shirt and khakis to every class, like Jeff Probst. <laughs> You, you know what I would do if I found out my professor wanted to be on Survivor? I'd walk to the front of the room. I would take his grade book. I would find my name in it. And I would write the letter A all the way down the line. And I'd be like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> if, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't watch it, I'll get you booted out of this school, you weirdo. What a weirdo. He's definitely a weirdo. Thumbs down. Northwestern had this guy. Yeah. There you and, go. Uh, your tuition dollars. Yeah, your tuition dollars at work. Was this a, was this class? Was this a, like a ninety nine dollar class, like a discount one? No, it was the same as the rest of them. So yeah. Very overpriced. Yeah. So it wasn't the kind of, like they should have classes like that, but they're like ninety nine dollars for the semester. Yeah, budget and classes for the, people who aren't that committed. They call them crazy classes, but with K's, right? <laughs> crazy classes. What a, what a, I, 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 that bums me out. So, so when you're in this class, what made you say, I wish I could take that back? That class? So, Just the whole thing? It, or was there something specific? It was actually surprisingly a, a pretty good class for people who want to work in television because mm -hmm. it was about all reality shows and sort of the yeah, so grim fact of if you want to work in TV, you're going to have to work in that. Yeah. What about that? Because you're, you're just seeing who you're going to have to work with. Seeing this oh, maniac. yeah. Richard Hatch Skyped in. 
No. I think he was in his pajamas. What the? Richard. <laughs> it was weird. This is an actual class. You're sure yeah, this was a part real. of the. You're sure this was like a part of the school that this wasn't like some <laughs> thing you accidentally got. Drag that you uh, you like went into the wrong room or something at, like like where you didn't realize it was not actually a part of the school. I'm eighty percent sure it wasn't an improv oh. everywhere stunt. What a t- okay. So so you're in but, this class. Uh, yeah, so a big part of the class was that um, we were in tribes and there were hidden immunity idols every week uh, that you had to hunt down. And uh, the tribe that had the highest GPA halfway through the quarter didn't have to take the midterm. This uh, is the dumbest thing. And this, this is, I know I exaggerate and I'll say literally way too much <laughs> on this show. This is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life on this planet. In the 68 years I've been on Earth, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That this is a that's pretty fair. This is a class where a professor is desperately trying to get on Survivor, and he hides things around the classroom as if it's an episode of Survivor. Well, so it wasn't around the classroom. It was during random hours during the week. He just tweet something, and it could be anywhere on campus. And you had to follow the clues. This is this is this Um, is depressingly stupid. This is just yeah. like this is like end of days kind of stupid, like yep, like like the countdown clock is is it is like it is like Watchmen kind of stupid, like like we're the world's gonna end soon. Draft up your letter to the weird neoconservative newspaper. Name a name a book name a name a classic book that you didn't read that you could have been reading during the semester of that. Of that class. Name one classic book that you've yet to read. A Tale of Two Cities. There you go. See? You could have learned all about that. Name one other one. Uh, War and Peace. There you go. War and Peace. But instead, I wrote a 10-page dossier on Last Comic Standing. You you could have been reading Highlights Magazine, and it would have been more (laughs) educational than what this guy was teaching. Yeah, at least then I'd learn what not to do. Exactly. Mike and I are um, going to remake Goofus and Gallant. <laughs> what if Peter Jackson remade Goofus, like nine, nine Goofus and Gallant movies to tell one four-panel cartoon? Elijah Wood does have a good look for that. He'd be a pretty good... Is are are either of those guys related to uh, the purple crayon kid Harold? That's a good question. They seem they like they might be related, light. right? Yeah, that purple crayon. That's the greatest book I've ever read in my whole life. <laughs> Harold and the purple crayon. See if a college will let you teach a class on that. I wish I had a purple crayon. I just draw myself <laughs> out of here, man. I draw that draw that sailboat and sail away. Harold had Harold had it right. I'll tell you that. Harold had that thing pegged. Got that purple crayon. He drew a sailboat. Sailed away. That's how the book ends. It's not how it ends. 
I made that up. <laughs> All right, Allison. I got to take these final calls and to wrap the show up. Okay. Thank Can you. Can I just quick finish? Oh, yeah, please. Please, by all means. Oh, so just the first Hidden Immunity Idol Challenge, uh, yeah. the clue went out, and I was bored. So I was like, oh, I'll go find this thing. What, do yeah. I, what else do I have to do? Uh-huh. And so I'm standing at a lost and found desk uh-huh. looking to – am I being bad company? No, you're not at all. No, never. Oh. Are you kidding? I'm just depressed at the 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 reality of this. Yeah. Um, but I'm standing at a desk, and I'm a freshman, and then there's a senior guy who's also looking for the idol at the same uh-huh. time. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. so I uh-huh. look up into his yeah. eyes, yeah. and I get caught in the drama of the moment, yeah. and so I just say, uh-huh. I will destroy you. Uh-huh. Yeah, you and became a reality TV star in the moment. Yep. And then for the rest of the class, everyone thought I was the villain. Yeah, you. and did you say things like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win. Yeah, at that point, I just played into it. Yeah, you're a real Sue. You're a real Sue, I tell you. <laughs> Season one. Well, Allison, anyway, thanks AKA for taking Sue. my call. Well, that is a great call, seriously. Thank you. Thanks. Right, bye. bye. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. This is Matt in Seattle. Uh, Matt, what's up? we got to move fast, buddy. Sorry. All right, I got one for the topic. What do you got? In 1998, I moved to New York City. I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, it was maybe my second or third day there. I was walking in Manhattan. I saw Mike D of the Beastie Boys walking his bike to a pole. Mm-hmm. I promptly followed him into an art gallery, uh, stood next to him as he talked to someone else. Yeah. And when it was so unbearably uncomfortable for him that he actually looked at me, yeah. I just asked him what he thought of the work, and... Uh, Asked him what his name was and said, hey, I just moved to New York. Uh, here we are. And then he kind of just shook his head and said, do you want a, an autograph or something? You said, you here we it? are? Yeah, I said, like, uh, good show, huh? Uh-huh. I mean, it was very obvious that I had followed him in and was being a total creep. Well, that, ugh, that one just, that's, you get it, man. You get the topic. I got to say irredeemably painful what you did. And he just said, what do you want, an autograph or something? Yeah, he was like, uh, can I help you? Like, yeah, you know, just trying to please like, you, you so you'll just get away from him. Yeah. And I only really say is. that because I saw it in Patty Smith's eyes. There you go. I saw you it. the feeling. Oh, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Final call. Best show. You're on the air. Hi, my name is Nick. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. What's up, Nick? Hey, I've got a quick one for the topic. What do you got? So, um, our college, when I was going to school, our college brought Henry Rollins in to do one of those spoken oh, word shows is, that last yeah. three and a half hours. So, of course, I went. I brought my copy of uh, Get in the Van, the Black Flag book, for him to sign afterwards. Mm-hmm. And after the show wraps up, I try to play it cool because I had just seen the Rollins band play the year before. Mm-hmm. And they did this encore set of Ramon songs. Yeah. So it says... You guys sounded really great when you were doing Sheena is a punk rocker. And he looks at me and goes, we've never played that song before. I don't know what you're talking about. So we start arguing about it. I'm arguing with Henry Rollins because I swear they played Sheena as a punk rocker. And he's staring right back at me like, we absolutely have never played that song. And he didn't sign my book. Of course. You're arguing with him over the song he knows. 
It sir, was mortifying. It is mortifying. I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for, for Henry Rollins on that. I feel sorry for all of us. Those are the uh, most feel, painful things. It was, it, was, it was a disaster. Oh, I'm sure it was. I am yeah. sorry that's how it went for you, buddy. Yeah. But you, you learned from it, though, didn't you? You learned from it. Yeah, I haven't uh, confronted anybody after a spoken word show and insisted on Ramon's song since. See? We all learn in this life. We all learn. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Bye. Guys, best show is now over. Couple things you should realize half hour power is coming up in a matter of moments. We'll end this program and then that will start. It's 30 minutes of unscreened rapid fire calls. Michael being here, Jason, Pat. It'll be a lot of fun. The phone number for that, for that is 201 332 3484. How do you help the best show? This is how you help the best show. You go to uh, thebestshow.net. You see the episodes. You, you, you listen to them. You tell people to listen to them. You subscribe to the podcast. You download all the episodes. When you go there, you just, just don't download the new one. Download all of them. Listen to all of them. It's a grand old time with the, with, uh, the best show. And then if you uh, want, you support the advertisers. They're, they're uh, betting on the show, so let's, let's, uh, let, let's show them that they were right to bet on the show. I will see you. Uh, see, not see you. I will, uh, we're going to do half hour power. This will not be heard on the stream, but it will be heard live. Not, no, it won't be heard live. Why am I saying that? Ugh. It'll be heard as a podcast on Friday. It's a semi-regular show we'll do, uh, half hour power. So if you want to be a part of unscreened phone calls, matter of moments, we'll do that. As we end the show, I'm going to play something by, uh, Negative Scanner. This is a single on the Trouble in Mind label. Let's hear this and then get ready for the half hour power. This song is called Ambitious People on the Best Show. And we will be back next week.